Hello, Mr. Spears. Hello, Mr. Simon. How are you? Oh, it's an emotional Monday. Emotional, emotional Monday. Well, I, I know that... Uh, Not big Monday, emotional Monday. Your son graduated on Saturday. Yes, yes he did. And today I think he was off to uh, new adventure, is that correct? Not today, uh, the 16th. We're bringing him to Jacksonville. For the ship off to be a real sailor. To be in the Navy. Yep, 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 yep. Well, that's that's really great, actually. Thank you. You guys should be proud. And Definitely. The fact that the ceremony didn't take that long was on Belmont. Oh, and that was a big, a big plus. You know why it didn't take long? Why? It's because they had several there that day. So it was like a... All right, get your diploma and leave, kind of thing. Really? Yeah. It was, and then another school was coming in after. <clears throat> and there was one before us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember um, when I graduated from the University of Arizona, it was about 5,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I was sporting a, a, about a four day hangover. <laughs> only yeah it was uh i believe i left tuesday night and and I, I got back home saturday morning like 20 minutes before i was supposed to be there but uh you know I what made, the, I, I made it through i did make it through you did you walked you remember it uh i remember saying to myself don't <laughs> don't trip <laughs> don't trip on the stairs going up or down because you're probably too dizzy to to land properly, but uh, I think John McCain was our commencement speaker. Oh, that's cool. I don't remember exactly if it was, but I'm pretty sure it was. Like I know I saw him speak, and I couldn't think of any other time I would possibly have heard him speak. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's that was where he's from, but uh, that was a long, long, long time ago. <clears throat> yeah, and. Uh... Also today, uh, my Twitter account got suspended again. Um, what was your crime this time? A dancing Elmo video. Dead serious. Well, I mean, that's kind of understandable. Everybody knows Elmo doesn't dance. He's got legs. <laughs> Twitter. So that was cool. So you, uh, how long of a suspension are you serving? No idea. I I had to appeal it. So I'm waiting to hear back from the giant computer that runs Twitter. Wow, this is breaking news. Barry is suspended from Twitter temporarily. <laughs> Maybe you and Baffert can commiserate, you know, on your suspensions. Churchill Downs is where he does his best work, and Twitter's <laughs> where you do your best work. And Yours sounds a little bit more unfounded than his, though. <laughs> well, 
I guess you're going to be uh, the only mediums that you'll be able to um, communicate are podcasts and Facebook for now. Yeah, maybe Instagram a little bit. Little IG, yeah, yeah that's true. But uh, kind of an interesting weekend. Absolutely. Started off with Irad almost getting himself uh, eliminated there. With horse just kind of took a weird stumble. Yeah, it was kind of bizarre. <clears throat> Can't say I ever saw a horse really do that before. Yeah, and it kind of like ejecto cedo, you know, kind of bucked him off. Amazingly enough, he, he just has uh, like a sprained wrist, or a little banged up, but it's only going to miss a couple of weeks. I mean, it's very, very fortunate, thankfully, that uh, nothing worse came came from that. But uh, it certainly opened up a lot of live mounts on, on Sunday that his brother yeah. took advantage of. Yeah. He drained the clock, right? That was one of them, wasn't it? The clock, Latrushka. Those are two of the winners. The easiest winner in horse racing history, <laughs> Latruska. I was stunned that that was a result that was kind of stunning to me. Not not that she won, because I, I what what did I tell you that if, if Irad was riding her, I would have bet one million dollars to win on her. <laughs> I was just afraid that Jose wouldn't be, you know, Irad is, Irad's aggressive to the to a fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is not taking back. He is going to the lead. Um, I was just hoping that I, I, that, that um, Jose, who did, who did actually rode the horse perfectly, would would send out of there with she dares the devil, the only other <clears throat> pace horse in the race, and uh, with Bonnie South, the only other really, you know, really grade one, grade two type of horse in there, and I just thought if she got to the lead. Um, that she was a cinch. And I also thought that if she dares the devil did not get to the lead, that she might not hold on for second, which did, did actually, you know, did, did occur. Um, and I'm not going to take too many kudos for picking an exact, you know, paid six bucks, (laughs) seven bucks, but, um, it just was one of those, uh, easy as can be races. And, And can we please not start talking about, Horse of the year, the first week in June. Can we please, 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 please stop that? Please. <laughs> I don't know why people do that. I like, I, you know, I like seeing good performances too, but, you know. I, I, yeah, exactly. But, like, why do we have to start, like, talking? I mean, the Eclipse Awards in a lot of divisions are a joke. We gave the Champion Eclipse Turf Award last year to a horse who had a good month. He did nothing else the rest of the year. Finish, oh, he finished third in the Breeders' Cup. Like, that's supposed to be, like, some, uh, you know, uh, flag to, to, to bear, you know. Hey, well, look at us. We finished third in the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> but, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> it's too early. She's won, like, two races. Or three, I guess the Sam Houston race. But she's a very, very good horse. But, man, let, let's just... Cool our jets with horse of the year talk. Then someone says silver slate. I'm like silver slate. What? For what? 
My dad wants <laughs> to be on record as saying that this is the worst Met Mile ever. He, uh, he probably isn't wrong. It was not. A yeah, game. it's got to be. A, it's got to be. You it, know, it, it was a weak, low on the list. It's not, it was not a good race. <clears throat> but it is what it is, and that's what we get these days. A lot of short fields, and the Belmont card was a good card, but like. I don't know why people also have to continue to fawn over it. And it's not people, it's not the racing office, the racing secretary's fault that there was scratches. Uh, the, the FIPS obviously went from being uh, a spectacular race to a not-so-spectacular race with the two scratches, uh, Swiss Skydiver and Valiant. But, you know, that happens. But the card was not a spectacular card, okay? It was, it was a good card. It was solid. But it wasn't spectacular. I'm sorry. Spectacular is thrown around too easily this year. We had too many five horse fields to call it spectacular. Mm, yeah. This is kind of hurtful because I was just watching. I didn't want to bet. Well, honestly, I didn't bet that much. I played around a little bit. But, you know, there, was, there just wasn't much, uh, <laughs> like we are, we're going to say that word, value. Um, hey, Casa Creed bought dinner. He did for you. I, I, I purposely just avoided turf sprints. I just can't. You know, I just, I just can't bet. But uh, but he did run well. And then your girl Julie taunted me, saying, "Oh, she didn't need the whip." And I said, "Julie, watch the head on. Stop that. <laughs> what are you watching? You hit the horse eleven times. <laughs> you would have been like." Tarred and feathered if this was California. <laughs> Monmouth, he would have been ejected. Monmouth, they would have executed him right there. Public execution. Um, but um, he didn't run good. And Mott ran one, too. It yes. was kind of a weird race. It just was a weird race. Like, sometimes those turf sprints are just weird races. When you have horses coming from all different places. And, uh, you know, it had been pointed out. There wasn't a great deal of speed in there. And then... Um, the horse from California, I won't say Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> um, you know, presses the pace of Wesley Ward's horse, who seemed to be the only logical speed in the race. And then they actually set, you know, relatively quick fractions for a, a turf that had a little bit of give in it. I mean, it, it poured the day before, but it, it certainly wasn't uh, real soft or anything, but, uh, yeah, that was a, it was a tough race. I mean, Mott ran one, too. His, his other horse came came running at the end, too. But uh, Belmont's a track that it's probably a more fair race, the six furlongs, um, than the five furlongs and a lot of other tracks where it's just, uh, you know, speed speed dominated or it's like the race falls apart and then a horse comes from out of the clouds and you're like, how, how do you get that horse? But, uh, but that was yeah, nice. Probably the, the fairest. Actually, uh, the – the layout at Santa Anita is um, tends to be a, a lot fair results for that reason too. The the turns at, at Belmont make it so everybody right. has a really good shot. That's a good point. Excellent point. Um, Jackie's Warrior broke a little slow. Still ran fast. <laughs> still got to the lead. Still went 44 and change. But he didn't quite have enough. Um, you know, at the end, um, 
drain the clock. I mean, he, he never loses. <laughs> I, I think he was a little bit underrated. It, it was funny because uh, David Aragonda, who does the – that's how it's probably name, right? pronounced it, right? Aragonda? Aragona, right? Yeah. He, uh, he made up 7-2 to two on the morning line, and then he was saying after the race he didn't really even like him. And I said, yeah, but at least you made him 7-2 to two in the morning line, so you figured somebody was going to like him because he went off 7-1. to one. Which, which to me was a little surprising. Surprising, yeah. He, if he had been outside instead of inside, I probably would have played him at seven to one. My question with him was going to be, well, with Jackie's Warrior outside of you, what are you going to do? And as it turns out, he outbroke Jackie's Warrior and got outside. And everybody started thinking, oh, the inside's no good, but. He got outside because he wanted Jackie's warrior inside of him. He didn't want him, you know, to be speed outside of him. Uh, Jose Ortiz, who, and he did a really good job. Uh, you know, might have been a little bit, bit of good fortune being able to outbreak great Jackie's warrior by that much because Jackie's warrior seemed to be uh, get, to get kind of bumped a little bit coming out of there. Um, and then, you know, just forget the rest. Dream Shake was terrible. He just chased and, and had nothing. Um Cherie's horse, uh, Tulane Triss, kind of got a little bit of way more action than I thought it would get. And the race didn't set up at all for her, and she didn't really show much else. And um, I mean, you know, the two that, that ran one, two ran really well, and, and uh, nothing else. Um, nothing else really was, uh, you know, of, of no, nothing else of note really out of that race. I, I'm thinking Dream Shake. Maybe they're going to give him a rest. Maybe give him a rest or, or regroup. or I don't really know. I mean, he'll show up in August. And I'll be honest, I don't think Jackie's Warrior lost because of the break. I think Jackie's Warrior lost because of a combination of things, including running super, super, super hard in that last race. Um, because I think it took a little bit out of Jackie's Warrior, and I think it took a little bit, a lot more out of, out of uh Dream Shake. You know, remember Dream Shake, Jackie's Warrior had a full campaign at two. Um, Dream Shake did not have a full campaign at two. So that's that, that might have made a difference. Nova Rags kind of clunked up like Nova Rags often does. <laughs> uh, and Cotto River was, was nowhere. Was awful. I didn't see Cotto River. Andy picked that horse on top. I, I, I was, I was kind of shocked because he wasn't fast enough to clear those horses, right? So you're going to ask him to pass them, and that's he like, pass. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I was surprised he, <clears throat> he actually bet that horse. Uh, then we had the mile and a half horse for Lone Rock look like uh, mm. four go drawing off. And winning, initially they put the, the time up, showing him finishing the last <laughs> quarter in 20-4, and four, which, while he did finish well, wasn't quite that. Um, he does look like the, uh, by far, the, the best long-distance dirt horse in this country. <clears throat> I don't really know what good that is, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, Wait, there's no more uh, British... So what do you do? Yeah, there's not really a division for those horses, so I guess you know they just uh, run them in that parks race. Oh, I was gonna say there's a parks race. There's a mile and a half, right? Yeah, but 
he, he ran really well. Um, uh, you know, I, I didn't even – I didn't even pay that much attention to that race. <laughs> really, it was just a tough race for me. I'm looking at it, and I was – I thought Moretti was probably the best horse going in. But he hadn't run since August. Right. He, he couldn't feel. Todd Fletcher's a really good trainer. But to win a mile and a half dirt race off of a layoff from August to June, <laughs> that's asking a lot. <laughs> and uh, he ran well. I mean, he didn't run poorly, but. Um, he ran like a horse that was off 10 months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he, he ran a good race. <clears throat> just it, like I said, it's, it's just tough to figure like. You know, where did where do those horses go? I'm sure there's a couple longer races around. Uh, I think Saratoga doesn't Saratoga run a race a mile and three quarters, something like that. Yeah. So, um, the Acorn totally, totally changed when Miss Brazil was scratched to run on Sunday in the sprint race, which, uh, as it turns out, she broke through the gate. Yeah, that was. Not good. Kind of got used in the pace. So uh, she was going to change the complexion of this race a lot because, as it turns out, with her scratching, it wound up with a day at the office or day out of the office on the lead where I'm not quite sure that, that she's really wants to be on the lead. But um, she didn't have much of an excuse. Um, no, controlled controlled the race up until controlled the race right with with relatively soft fractions and and just had nothing uh search results ran well but search results didn't look nearly as good as she should have just in my own opinion um you know she she was uh if if, if the the acorn was uh a mile and and, and 40 feet she would have probably got beaten Obligatory, who's really turned it around her last couple of races, um, made made a huge run to uh, to just miss, and the uh, travel column was was dreadful in that race. Yeah, which continued to until the Belmont of the Brad Cox <clears throat> horses are running ab- abysmal <laughs> leading up to the Belmont, um, and, and travel column really just never showed anything. I think. Search party or search uh, search results might be they they might be kind of looking to try to stay away from Malathat, who I think is headed to the coaching club Oaks, and then probably the Alabama. So I don't know that search results is going to uh, going to challenge her or if she's going to uh, try to find different races because uh, you know cutting back to the mile in this race, which, which makes sense. I mean. She's a handy enough horse to do it. She won, so uh, I just uh, I wonder when we're going to see those two matched up again. Uh, I would think that search results might show up in the test at seven A's. Not really sure. Um, yeah, I'd bet against her in in the test if she shows up there. Oh yeah, we're gonna bet against her. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> she's gonna be chalk, so we're gonna bet against her. But yeah. Uh, um, the Just a Game wound up being a, uh, a Charlie Applebee's. 
a Charlie Appleby's two for one dinner. <laughs> you saw the rare um, Mike Smith up the rail move. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, uh, but he uh, it's kind of funny that, that he ran two horses in this race. They came out of the same race where they ran 1-3 over in Dubai. They run 1-2 over here. Uh, and the Alquita beats uh, Summer Romance three-quarters of a length. At seven forty to one, with summer romance being seven twenty to one, so um, that was just kind of a uh, Europeans are better than Americans at turf racing. Yep, kind of result. Know that um, Paul <laughs> Matty's was talking about um, his. He has a theory that these no Lasix races, the Europeans will have an even bigger advantage, in that uh, a lot of the American horses are coming off Lasix or. You know, some of them were sent over here to be on Lasix, and the European horses are coming over here, uh, not having had competed at, at uh, on Lasix. So, uh, definitely a thought. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 actually a good point. I hadn't considered it, but that's why I tried to listen to people like Paul because he's smart. And uh, I mean, I was kind of like. I'm like kind of a, a guy who throws euros in, anyways, especially when they're longer prices. Except for Order of Australia. Except for Order of Australia, which I somehow forgot he drew in there. But um, it used to be a lot more lucrative before people knew. Um, I remember when when horses would come over from Europe and their form was, you know, they didn't have running lines and, and things like that because their form's obviously different than ours and. And we, you, you weren't able to watch races from over there. I mean, you just didn't see them. And they would go off long odds. And a lot of times, I would just bet them blindly. And they would win. They would pay big prices. But uh, that those days are over. Though those two horses in that race, you know, they did run one-two at, at uh, I mean, the exacta for a dollar came back $41. It probably would have been longer uh, had they not been two European horses. But I think sometimes people just... Just throw those two in there, but um, but the, the trifecta paid really good with Daddy's a legend who was a bomb uh, for the great George Weaver uh, for fifty cents. It paid three hundred twenty-seven dollars. So uh, not bad at all. Not bad at all. <clears throat> uh, the Met Mile, which I like, I said my dad has has declared the worst Met Mile that he's ever seen. Uh, Silver Slate, their Silver State kind of slid up the inside. Outgained by my standards. That one hurt. Uh, I had standards. Kind of uh, prompted the pace. Nick's go really had nothing. Um, Lexitonian eased Dr. Post, who, uh, who I thought would run a lot better. I mean, Nick's go was, was a horse that I just tried to beat for the last four races. I just didn't. I was just suspect on how how long the horse could make that last. Yeah. Yeah. His, his the magic is gone there. I mean, his last two, um, he's kind of given up pretty readily. Hasn't had a whole lot of fight in him. And uh, you know, maybe you can give him a little bit of an excuse here because the ship back from Dubai. But uh, yeah, he had plenty of time. It didn't. It didn't bother the two that ran one two in a race before that, right? Um, and they shipped back to England and then shipped over. So, 
Yeah, he just seems like uh, he might have peaked, and his form cycle right now is, is not good. And uh, I mean, if you had Silver State, congratulations. I didn't, but uh, to Manhattan. Sometimes good jockeys ride oddly. That's a, putting it mildly. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Right? Um, Colonel Liam was—he stunk. I, I don't know. He—he he just never—he just never came up with. He had nothing. Like I really didn't. You know, I was all over that too. I mean, he—he he wasn't even. I don't think he—he was—he was, he was, he was almost forty-one. Fourth choice, right? Yeah, he was uh, second choice, but but he was uh, <clears throat> he he was, you know, he he was almost four to one. Uh, I think he was three to one morning line, so he was longer than his morning line. Um, domestic spending ran really well. Um, Trav Hugan ran really well, and it was funny. There was someone was complaining on Twitter that that you know they. They they <laughs> set it up, they set that up because of breeding and well I hate to inform them but the first two finishes across the wire were both geldings, so the good news is we'll probably <laughs> keep seeing them race. The bad news is they will not be going to stud. Um, one of the underrated factors about that race that domestic spending ran that was probably uh, I'm not quite like Andy Serling like uh, giddy about his performance, but uh, the fact that he had to give everyone six pounds. Um, I think that 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 may, you know going a mile and a quarter on on uh, less than firm turf. That's probably a, a little bit of a disadvantage, and uh, that was bricks and mortar esque. Yeah, it was it was really really strong. The last quarter was right around twenty twenty two and four in that in that range. So. Didn't help me much, but uh, I was I was literally at that point I wasn't I didn't bet anymore. I just didn't have anything that I felt like strongly about, so I just was watching. Um, and then we had the Belmont. Uh, you know, what are your what are your what's your take on the Belmont? Um, first take is that the best horses ran one two by far, and they ran that way. Second take is, I think Hot Rod Charlie cannot pass horses. And I think he's going to continue to burn money and finish second a lot. You know, I'm sure he's going to catch a field that's going to be real weak somewhere out in California. And, you know, he'll he'll go wire to wire. But I don't think he can pass horses. You know, what's interesting was that after the race, Doug O'Neill said, Saratoga was was kind of like where they seemed to be interested, and then the next day he was talking about the Pacific Classic. <laughs> um, yeah, because the Pacific Classic technically should be softer. The way it looks, I mean, right, it should be a softer horses. Just, I, I mean, you can you can make whatever excuse you want, but but who's good? Who's good? Mystic Guide. Okay, I'll give you him. Maxfield, he's okay. 
He's already been to California once and finished third behind pretty mediocre horses. Yeah, but he's not he's not anybody to fear. I mean, like who's good? Uh, your horse came back the other day um, at Belmont. Which one? There's so many. The gold, the Jockey Club Gold Cup horse. Oh, Happy Saver, my buddy. Yeah. He, he he won. I mean, it was a workmanlike win. He needed that, you know. Yeah, I liked it. It, it, it I, wasn't. I uh, he did. It it wasn't. You know, he didn't blow anybody away in that race. He looked all right, and we'll have to we'll, we'll withhold judgment on him. But he certainly won't be going to the Pacific Classic. So, well, there's um, also that that monster out west, though that that got injured that's coming back. Life is good. Yeah, well, I, I was telling somebody the other day that you know every time Hot Rod Charlie runs, he flatters life is good. He does, as did Medina Spirit, as did uh, <laughs> um, pretty much everybody else. <laughs> everybody else in California, <laughs> they got crushed by him all, all year. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We know that uh, life is good won't be running at Churchill. <laughs> but uh, <No. laughs> but I would guess that they would take a conservative route with him off of an injury layoff, you know. I would think that the Pacific Classic wouldn't be where they would make a comeback. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, I believe he's still at, at, at Windstar Farm in Kentucky uh, recovering from his uh, his injury. They're the training center they have there. Um, I thought Ron Bauer just kind of sucked along. No one agenda was kind of really never made any impact. It ran the form. I mean, the, the, the race ran exactly like it was supposed to on paper. Yeah, I mean, Rocky World broke slow, couldn't get the lead. And Man, he, was kind of, he was kind of toast. He, he I don't know if you saw my tweet on that one. He, he needs to go back to the green. Yeah, I was, I was asking people to... to you know, give me something to grab onto with with Rocky World because I just couldn't see that horse winning. The, he danger, took a lot of the danger in making these stud deals before horses have re- really proven it is that you know you're you're buying in. Um, you think you're buying in low, right? Because hey, if they go out and they win a bunch of races, then you're good. But when they don't pan out all of a sudden you paid way more for a horse that's won one race <laughs> um well i mean his, his santa anita derby just was a complete aberration and i don't care if he didn't get a good start in, in the derby he was never winning that race no he was never winning that race no i i, I agree and, and as of now he looks like a horse at least on the dirt that needs to be on the lead. I yeah, need to lead. Quick enough at the one level. So, I mean, this is two races in a row. He did not break sharp. So, um, yeah, let's see what happens with him. I mean, Andy Byron nailed it when he said that <laughs> that, that Santa Anita Derby was just so bias-aided. You know, every horse, I mean, you can go through that whole card. The horses that got to the rail on the lead just coasted. 
And that's exactly what Rocky Horror did. And it just skewed everybody's perception. I didn't like him. Then I didn't like him in the Derby. I just, I didn't like him less than I, you know, I didn't like him more than I didn't like Midnight Bourbon. Yeah. Just interested where, where he's going to end up. Both of those horses, actually, Midnight Bourbon as well. What are they going to do? Midnight Bourbon's going to run in the Jim Dandy. Steve Asmussen's going to listen to us. He's going to run in the Jim Dandy. He's going to win it. Okay. But Jim Dandy circled for that horse. Steve, I know you don't listen. But if you did, yeah, somebody, somebody he knows does. Perhaps. Jim Beam, or the Jim Beam. The Jim <laughs> Beam is, the Jim Beam is over. Remember that? Jeez. The Jason Beam stakes, that's what we need. <laughs> the Beamy Awards. The Beamy Memorial. <laughs> because it's <laughs> defunct. I know. Long live the Beamy Awards. <clears throat> I grabbed one. Those two on my shelf will mean more than any Eclipse Awards could ever mean to anyone else. But I'm a dual Beamy Award winner, man. That might be like my greatest racing racing accomplishment. Ditto. Racking up two of those things. Um, Monmouth still sucks. Oh, man. Yeah, they got no excuses now. I mean, the weather was pretty much perfect there this weekend, <laughs> and it was still. Well, I, I just honestly, I, I really don't like. I'm not rooting against Mom. I'm not rooting no. against at all. And the people that are there, listen, knock yourself. Have fun. Out. I mean, yeah, yes. If you want to bet it, fine. Just not for me. And I, I just have a problem with the Brian Leckies of the world trying to tell people because he's a nobody that knows nothing. Right, everyone's worth it. <laughs> that, that, that's an understatement, right? But, there. but when you have an opinion and you have nothing to really back it up with, like, because my opinion on on the whips in regards to safety is, all the jockeys I talk to tell me the same thing. So why would I not want to believe them? Why would they all say the same thing? What are they cahoots? And this idea that you can be used for safety. What does that mean? What does that mean? You know, I think Chris DiCarlo made the best point about it. He said, there's lots of times when you're going to use your stick that are subtle times, subtle things that no one else is going to see that are are, are preventative um, measures a lot of times. But the stewards aren't going to see it like that. They're not going to see it like that. You can't say, well, I, I tapped my horse on the shoulder to get him through that. They're going to say, that hold, they're going to say, oh, no, you, you, you did it to uh, advance your, your cause or, or encourage Right. How, how are they going to? Yes, of course you encourage him. You wanted to encourage him because uh, he wanted to get through the hold before it closed so he didn't, like, you know, clip heels and go down. So it's like if a horse doesn't bolt or something like that. How naive. I mean, it's just so naive for them to think that they could could really – encompass those kind of situations and, and be like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it was just not thought out, in my opinion. 
Peter wrote the rule. Let's 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 call this, let's call it what it is. Peter wrote the rule. The New Jersey Racing Commission. Someone <clears throat> has to wake them up to, to get them to, to write them to change something. They don't do anything. They can't even fill the board out. And the <laughs> fact is this: is if you want to see racing without whips, that's your opinion. That's fine. I have no problem with that. I think it's crazy. I think if you don't think it looks different, then you're kidding yourself or you really might not know what you're looking at. But that's that's fine. But don't tell me that the jockeys should do this or the jockeys should do that. That's for the jockeys to decide. Especially people that, that the, the, you know, the, the most daring thing they ever did was, uh, you know, rip the, the, the tag off the pillow or something. <laughs> Like, don't tell me, don't tell the jockeys what they should think. This is what they think. And, and, and obviously, there's a lot of them that think that. And that's, what that. and that's that. That's all there is. That's all there is to it. And I'm sick of people on Twitter. Listen, if you're on Twitter and you say something stupid, it's not my fault if I make you look stupid. <laughs> Man, I've been saying this for years. It's a warning to all those people, especially people from California who keep digging in. Your, 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 your racing state is, is in shambles. You're bribing people to come out there, which is actually one of the few good ideas you've had. But the people who have been in charge for the last 15 or 20 years, you should all quit. If you've held a position of power in California racing for the last 15 years, you are the problem. Crunk put something out today. Handle, California, 2021. Everything's great, right? Handle's great. Handle's great. Handle's great. <laughs> Handle, Santa Anita, since uh, 2021 versus 2018, the year prior to the issues that they had with the breakdowns. Down $150 million. Ouch. That's one track. That's half of the year. That's brutal. That's brutal. We're not wishing you bad. I want California racing to do well. I have friends in California racing. I am cognizant of the fact that California is a very, 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 very big, important state. There's a tremendous amount of money that gets wagered from California, a lot less than it used to be because you guys screwed it all up out there, but there's still a lot of money out there. <clears throat> California racing is a big part of of the United States uh, racing scene. We all get it. We want it to do good. But stop acting like you guys got it under control. You don't know what you're doing. It's obvious. Everything you're doing is backwards. The only thing that they've done well lately, and that's not to, to knock the people working at the tracks. They're doing the best they can. But Del Mar was smart enough to come up with this, this plan of, of paying uh, people to come out there. And and honestly, that's not a new thing. It's not, that didn't start last year. No, they've been doing it for several years. For a long time. Ten years, I think. It's been going on for a while. But you have 45 and 48 race cards out there. Or horse cards. Not race cards. Horses on, on a race card. Four yeah. horse stake races. They're the norm. You had a four horse grass stake carded. Carded. 
I don't want to hear, oh, you're picking on us. No. I'm not picking on anybody. If you run shit races, what are we supposed to call them? Good? They're not good. Stop your whining. Do something. Whatever it is you're doing now, do the opposite. <laughs> Oakland's expanding their, their, their uh, racing season. And let me just say this. Pat Pope is one of the best racing secretaries I've ever met. He really is a guy that does his job extremely well. And he's not uh, – Pat's a guy who he's – not, he's not like a, a, a rah-rah guy. He's not going to pat you on the back, you know. Getting it done. That's it. But he does a good job. Rick Hamley, of course, is my friend for 30 years. Ron Moquette's been involved with the horseman. He's been my friend for 25 years. But Oakland Park benefited from being the only game in town and having slots. It wasn't like they did all these massively genius moves. The thing about it is they've invested the money properly. And they've done really well because of it. And when people, in the racing people, when Oakland Park, is giving out $600,000 a day, and they say, hey, we're going to expand our meet. We're going to run more. We're going to run five months here. Though running in Oakland in December and January is going to be a little bit of a challenge because it everything freezes there. And because they're in a national park, they're not allowed to use chemicals. So remember what happened there this spring or this winter when they had a, a, a terrible snowstorm. And it literally shut the place down for like two and a half weeks, which is why they can't have turf people. Um, but the reality is that Oakland's a major player. And when I see racing people kind of grinding their teeth because Oakland Parks expanded their meat, well, how is 600000 a day a bad thing? <laughs> I have someone else telling me, oh, it's a... It's just, it's just high-priced claimers. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. They don't deserve the, – the people with claiming horses don't deserve to run for good money? It's not my fault. Your, your circuit is, is, is dropped in stature. But, like, crapping on other ones that haven't – and, yes, they, they've got a lot of good fortune of having a casino, of having a limited amount of racing dates. But they also have weather issues. They also have – you know, very little state bread program because it's hard to get a state bread program going when you only have, I mean, they have what, what's that, three month, three months of racing. What do you do with them the other nine months? But Oakland expanding is good. I know who it's good for. It's good for people who own horses, people that um, train horses because it gives them more options and it gives them more options and it increases uh, owners' ability to to keep their heads above water to make a little money. And hopefully they will take that money and reinvest and buy more horses. And maybe hopefully so many uh, other people will invest money and buy more horses. Because one of the things we need, and, and I I'm purposely didn't include betters in that screed because I wanted to separate them, in that we need more horses. And... Big purses are incentive. 
And they're not everything. And just having big purses. There's circuits with big purses that have shitty racing. Uh, New York has big purses, and they struggle sometimes to fill. That doesn't mean all the other issues go away. But it gives a chance to, to, a, to a regular guy, to a non-billionaire, to be able to pay for his horse with one race. And that's something that will encourage people more than anything to expand, not only get involved, but to expand what they do have. And I think that uh, you'll see guys from Florida show up there. I wouldn't be surprised if Todd Fletcher sent a string. I wouldn't be surprised if Safi Joseph sent a string. I wouldn't be string. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if other guys sent strings. I know guys from New York who may normally go to to Florida. Uh, they they might be interested in maybe sending horses there because now you're sending them. And for five months, it's not just three months. And with the purse structure there, um, you know, it seems like it's a good deal. And to your point of reinvesting the right way, you know, look at what's going on with Gulfstream and this um, polytrack business. Synthetic. Like, I don't understand what the goal is. I'll be honest, I'll say this, and I'm sure it'll make people unhappy, but or some people, they're misreading the market completely. They're completely misreading the market. Well, that's what it feels like, like, you know, but who, who's advising them? Who, who's, who's the person on the inside? And that's, that's the, the frustrating part of it all, because there's so many people out there that could kind of at least get them to do some things right. <laughs> it's like they choose the the worst thing possible. And On the face of it, you know, they're going to, everyone's going to say, well, I have three surfaces, three this, three that, blah, blah, blah. Here's the problem with that. You're going to, when, basically, and, and we've talked about this a number of times, Goldstream's got two racing, uh, two turf courses. They don't mark them as such, but they have an inner course and an outer course. You ever have mm-hmm. inner course on the outer course? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Um, but they had two turf courses. Let me just explain to people who don't understand the advantage of racing at Gulfstream Park. They have two turf courses. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Wanna know what they've done? They're taking one out. How does this make sense? I don't know. And I was told it's been said well a lot of races come off the turf not that many not uh, not enough to justify a, a synthetic you know what happens when races come off the turf in the beginning everybody runs <laughs> then you know what happens guys that have horses don't run good on the poly they don't run back if it comes off the turf they don't run if they, they do what they said about taking races off the dirt, if it's muddy and putting them on the poly, you'll see just as many scratches in the dirt. Yeah. Don't run on it. And if you take and, and say, well, we'll just run the cheap horses on the poly. That ain't going to happen. Ain't going to work. Horses don't like it. They're going to go somewhere else. Well, that's the, the attractor is the, the cheaper horses on the turf. Exactly. Uh, well, I, that's why I like it. You know, the spring slash summer meet. Cheap turf racing is big fields 
in their competitive races, you don't see a lot of three to five shots in those races. And a lot of times, the, the ones they do, the odds on horses that, that do run in those races get beat. So people like, who, who, you know, players like you, you know, you're looking to beat that kind of horse all the time. That's, that's your game. And like, I, I just can't fathom why they would do this. It just, to me, is, is going to be a tough road to hope. Because, you know, the fact of the matter is, owners these days aren't stupid anymore. They read condition books and they move horses from trainer to trainer to trainer. Um, and I'm not condoning like moving from trainer to trainer all the time, because I think sometimes they maybe outsmart themselves a little bit, especially when a horse is with a guy who's doing well with the horse, that, that horse's number, but all things being equal, if you don't offer the race that his horse fits, that he's going to take his horse, he's going to go somewhere else. This is not the old days where guys, you had 7,000 horses trying to, to get into 2,000 stalls. And, you know, it, it's not that way. It's flipped. And guys will take the horses. And if you don't run the races for their horses, they'll just leave. They'll leave. <clears throat> I mean, if I'm like Sam Houston... I'm cranking up the turf course. I'm yeah. saying, guess what, guys? You want cheap turf? Come over here. Because their purses weren't terrible last year either. No. That's what Jonathan Wong was doing. Yeah. That's what, that's what you're going to see. And one of the people who was crying today about, uh, about Oakland stretching their meat out, it, it was all, of course, personal bias and conflict of interest because they uh, they breed horses in California and they're, they're worried, as they should be. Because you know what's going to happen? More guys are going to leave. And guess what? They're going to leave earlier. Just a fact of life. I mean, 24 races a week in California? 26, 26 races a week? How do, you, how, how do you get your horses raised? No, trust me. I, I understand that it's not always uh, easily fixable. That we do have racing commissions to deal with. We do have uh, uh, weather issues. We have uh, there, there's lots. Of, it, it, things are complicated. It's not as simple as it seems. Everything is probably more complicated than than we make it out to be in some ways, but. Yeah, but isn't that why you have a plan and people that are involved in this kind of thing? I was jerking to tell me. <laughs> he used to say this. This was, this was I can't tell you how many times I said it. And it was about people who, like, pointed for races, like, nine months away. And he's thinking, you know, I don't know what's going to happen nine months from now. I can't keep my horses good for a month, let alone nine. And he would say, just because you got a plan doesn't mean it's the right one. And they're so true in that it is. you have to have a plan that, that, that can maybe be adaptable. And you also have to know, know the market. The right, market. variables, things that could change, possibly change, and, and, and be aware of that. 
it just it just seems very simple. I mean, you don't need to be, you know, have a a, a master's degree in project management to understand this kind of thing. I mean, I just don't understand why they don't use their resources to the fullest. And I think that frustrates me more than anything else. It's because there's a lot of sharp people out there, a lot of people with great industry knowledge that nobody talks to on these kind of subjects in order to get things done. And if they do, they're not taking their advice. I'm going to say this, and it's, it's, I honestly 100% believe this. There are smarter people on Twitter in regards to wagering and what racetracks should be doing with their own wagering schedules, menus, <clears throat> etc. on Twitter than there is working for racetracks. It's definitely something I, I can believe wholeheartedly. I know this is going to be the you know our, our weekly Gabe, but Gabe showed what you can do when you get what gamblers want, and not just quote unquote gamblers, but the people who are betting on your product that you want to bet on your product. Gabe didn't have much to work with product wise, but they still, if you if you if you do everything else right, and tracks are smarter than they used to be. Listen, a lot of them have kind of, you know, <laughs> gone away from jackpot wagers. Huh? And, you know, that that's more of a, a product of, of of the internet blasting them than anything. But, I mean, they're still out there, but, like, it was for a while. Every track, every two months, it seemed like, was popping up with a, with a new jackpot wager. But um, but they still, you know, they still they still don't. I mean, we still see races run over the top of each other. Ugh, the craziest thing in the world, man. Especially when you you know you hang around <laughs> in late night and you see how how Australia does it, and it's like, I mean, you can see the playbook; it's there. Why do we have these issues? You know why? Because everybody's worried about themselves. Every track is worried about themselves. Every horseman's group is worried about themselves. Uh, and it's just the way it is. And, and very rarely do we see unity or, or, or tracks working together on basic things. I mean, how many? There's no doubt in my mind. And you probably wouldn't get a single track executive to agree with this. But there's way too many greatest stakes races being run these days. There's not enough good horses to run on these races. You just can't run three greatest stake races at a certain distance um, within a week of each other and think you're going to get three good fields. As it turns out, we're getting zero good fields. And a lot of the times so we're getting five horses or four horses or six horses or races with a one to five shot or two to five shot. Well, look at the Met Mile we got this year. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's a million dollar race. And that's a million dollar race with a tremendous amount of prestige attached to it. 
and and that was you know that was the best we could do. Which, which, it just is, uh, there's just so many things that could be, could be better. It's just hard to get people to, to even admit that the problem exists, that it's there, that it's an issue. Or that you can do something about it. Well, I think that, that might be the, the whole deal is that oh you know this is the way we've always done it i, I always say this that that's going to be the death of this industry is oh that's the way we always did it um and i think they they think their hands are tied and they're not thinking out of the box and they don't have the creativity to make things happen and that's the part that for me is very frustrating to see you know um Especially, you know, I, I kind of reflect on this after the race day, kind of, you know, and going through, you know, some of the bets that I made and seeing who won, who didn't, why, and so on and so forth. And then at the very end of that whole process is when I'll say, man, that card wasn't that good. <laughs> or, You know, it's just it's just like every time it's just getting worse and worse. And like, wow, I can't believe I even attempted some of these things. And, it's, you know, and I try to, you know, ignore the elephant in the room, but it gets harder and harder to do when you see the deterioration. And I can't be the only person that sees this. I'm not I'm not the sharpest guy ever. Um, You're in the top three. And it's, it, yeah, behind you and Spearsy. No. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's Spearsy just like, it, it's hard. It's it, it's hard to, to be like, wow, you know, that was a great day of racing. You don't see that very often anymore. And before, like, I'd say even when, when Sabria was little and I had a lot more time to play the races when she was very small because I was doing all the babysitting. I was at home and hanging out and stuff like that. Um, I could say, you know, wow, that was a great day. Seven years ago, a lot more than I can say it now. And to me, that's a problem. <laughs> it's a big problem. Because I, I used to say it, you know, every other weekend before. Now it's once a month. So, the Stronic Group or First Bet or whatever they're known as. First Bet. Express Bet. They've got this um, this bet mix thing. Oh, the 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 Dark Horse thing? Is that no, what? no. Dark Horse is Woodbine. This is Bet Mix. Oh. Kind of the same thing, but <clears throat> Americanized. Um, today, they put out a uh, a tweet. How are your how are the favorites doing at your favorite summer track? Forty <laughs> percent. Oh no, that's no, without no, even no no no, no my friend no. It's higher. Let me give you the last thirty oh. days. We'll give you a quick little rundown for the all you chalk eaters out there. Chalk eaters, rejoice, baby! It's your time. We'll start out with Mammoth Park. 
Now, they've only run 67 days or 67 races because they just started the other day. It's like 55%. Uh, but they have had 32 winning favorites, which uh, adds up to 48%. Uh, at Canterbury Park, which gets often praised uh, for their betting menus and, and their attempts to do things right, which they deserve. Uh, they're batting 45% with chalk over there. So uh. check the chalk at the, at the Canterbury. Santa Anita Park. Oh, just for the record, yeah. somebody on Twitter tried to get on me for calling it Chocolerberry. Well, tell them 45% winning favorites there, buddy. It's Chocolerberry. <laughs> he was bad. A lot of tweets in succession. Like, I don't understand why, why people don't like chalk. I was like, are you serious? But anyway, people don't like chalk. What? <laughs> what? There are some people that like chalk. Yo, yo, when I used to go, when my wife worked at Orlando Highlight, and I used to go there pretty much every day, Um, there was a bunch of old guys, probably in their late 60s, 70s, that would either play jockeys or the favorite every time. They loved Mike Smith. They loved Javier Castellano. And if it wasn't those two guys, they were betting the absolute favorite in the race. And there was a lot of them, funny enough. There was a lot of those guys. But Chopsters. we need those two. That's... Santa Anita's 42%. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. Belmont Park. They got to be up there. By June sixth, only having one of nine braces uh, come uh, up with a favorite. Belmont Park has had seventy-three winning favorites for a forty-two percent number for Chalk Mountaineer. Uh, they chalk it up down there in Kevin Patterson land too. Or no, see, he, he's not. He's he's Charleston, right? The, yeah, he's yeah, he's CT. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, Mountaineer. Uh, they're forty-one percent chalk. Louisiana Downs, which I actually didn't know was actually running right now, is 40%. Um, Gulfstream Park is 40%. Golden Gate is 38%. Pimlico is 38%. Lone Star Park is 38%. Uh, home of CJ Thoroughbreds, who won another race, by the way. Congratulations, CJ. If you keep winning races at this rate all over the world, you're going to... Really? He needs to buy some Wagyu steaks. You got to buy something, or we're going to call you a juice. A juice Joe's. Joe's Stone Crab, man. He's a juice Vegas. He's winning from Lone Star to England. Everywhere. What's What's going on? What's going on? He even touted a horse on my show the other day. He needs to change. a horse on the Tuesday show, and and we forgot the bet. He needs to change his, uh, his stable name to Prestige Worldwide. Yeah. Because he's winning everywhere. He's Mr. Worldwide, number two. Yeah. Mr. Worldwide, number one, is Pitbull. Pitbull. That's Pitbull, my guy. Mr. 305. So, with all these numbers... DJ is Mr. Between... 714. <laughs> like, between him and Jerry Jones, it's like a battle for Dallas. Maybe he could buy the, the Cowboys. He could, probably buy, he could probably buy Christoph Porzingis' contract right about now. <laughs> Sorry, sore subject. 
Anyways, to finish up our, our chalk report, uh, Prairie Meadows, home of the great Bobby Newman, is 36%, and uh, Ed DeRose's Churchill Downs comes in at 36%, which makes so, it a, a long-shot paradise compared to everywhere else. So what you're telling me is that 40 is the new 30. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It even breaks down the the chalk report by um, <clears throat> by condition of race. Oh, so boy. I'm a little confused. At, they have two categories. One is an optional claimer. One's an allowance optional claimer. My question is... How are you differentiating how, that? How are you an optional claimer? If right. You, how do you have an option if you're just a claimer? <laughs> um, but anyways... Starter allowance races in the last 30 days, what's what they've got regarded as starter allowance races, the favorites winning 47%. <laughs> That's laughable. Allowance, optional claimers, and there's 228 of them. 43% winning favorites. There's been 88 stakes in the last three days. Oh, that's got to be at, at close to 50. <laughs> 42% winning favorites. Maiden claimers. 493 maiden claimers the last 30 days. 38% winning favorites. Claiming just. That's actually claimers. lower than I thought it would be, the, the maiden claimer. Just the straight flag. claiming. The claiming, I, I believe this is straight claiming, condition claiming, just claiming. There was 1,088 races. There was 453 chalkers. That is a 38% win percentage for the, for the favorite. Maiden specials, there was 38%. Straight allowance races, uh, 36%. And the un, kind of determined optional claimer, not allowance optional claimer, just optional claimer is at 31%. So the optional claimers are the ones that have the, the, the least amount of chalks. Uh, turf roots are 41% chalk. Dirt roots are 40% chalk. Dirt sprints are 38% chalk. And not surprisingly, turf sprints, which to me are a complete, absolute crapshoot, are 35%. See, I like the turf sprints. You know, you know what's amazing? You know what's so different about racing now versus racing like 30 years ago? Is the last 30 days, there were 373 turf sprints run in, in North America. I bet you in 1991, uh, like 10, there weren't <laughs> 100 turf sprints the whole year. Well, maybe, maybe that's probably wrong because Santa Anita used to run down the hill, but there sure wasn't 300 a year. Not halfway through. Crazy how many more turf prints there exist. I think Atlantic City race course. It was very few, and they were mostly in the Mid Atlantic. Hmm. Well, yeah, maybe I have to go with the if you can't beat them, join them fan, you know, fan club. That might be my, my next move if these numbers hold up. I mean, four out of ten favorites win. That's like 
that's not a good, that's a bad trend. That's that's not that's not good. Is there anything um, that notates like average field size or anything like no, that? No, no, they they don't have. I'd that. like to see that too in conjunction with those numbers because that I'm sure makes a hell of a difference. Yeah, I'm sure if you cut out a lot of different variables, you would you would get some different results. Uh, you know, my, my thought about when I was thinking about this earlier was, I wonder how much that is um, influenced by the batch players um, that are seeking value and betting late, causing horses maybe to go off more favorites. Uh, is that possible or is that a stupid theory? No, that's not like possible. The way they hit, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they never guess wrong. Well, technically, they, they should be better because, you know, they're, 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 they're algorithms, but they're not playing with emotion, you know? They're not, uh, uh, they're not, they're not hunting. They're not like, man, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've, I got, I got a couple tough beats and now I'm going to start looking for long shots or I had a couple, couple, couple cup beat a couple tough beats and and now i i, I just want to bet a, a an odds on horse that wins and gets my gets me back on track i mean i've heard that one before too <laughs> but um i don't know i thought that for so long barry for how, how many years we just kind of assumed the winning favorites was going to be about 32 33 percent and maybe people think, well, shit, what's the big deal? It's only up 7%. That's a big 7%. Man. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, you just have to think about how much, how many favorites have to win, how many more favorites have to win to raise it up by 7%. Right, and we're talking favorites too. I mean, a horse might be 6 to 5 and a horse might be... There might be a seven to five shot in the same race. Um, so if you counted like the close second choices and added those to the favorites, that's a number I'd like to see too. That might push that number to 60%. I was going to say it would go up even higher. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting stuff though. Um You know, my biggest fear, and I am, you know me, and we've talked about it. You you're, feel the same way. That we're data-driven people. That we want to see the numbers. We want, you know, before someone's just a straight opinion about something, let, let's see what the numbers say. And I, I just worry that the racetracks are going to use the numbers ir- inaccurately. Well, look at the handle numbers they're reporting. Yeah, those aren't always accurate. They're not even close. Yeah, yeah, we're still not sure about what the uh, actual numbers that were handled on Belmont Day. And uh, as always, I'm going to defer to Kronk. Kronk is my is my is is the official. Well, because you know he doesn't have an agenda. <laughs> the official going in circles numbers guru, even though he doesn't realize that he is. Um, well, but... Cummings, he doesn't know he's the. Uh... What did we denote him? He's he's. We labeled Pat Cummings. He's our, our think tank. Uh, yes, he's our think tank representative. Official think tank re- representative. He's actually the only one we know, but still <laughs> puts him in a class by himself. 
We actually, we need to talk to Mr. Cummings soon. Oh, actually, uh, Mr. Crunk, I think, would be a good would be a good uh, special edition here coming up. Not going to be a whole lot of. I say that. <laughs> I say that there's not going to be a whole lot of action going on in the next couple of weeks, but yeah, you know, you know how that's. Going. Well, you know what's going to happen is this this whole thing in Kentucky is going to go down and. Going to be anarchy. Well, yes, yeah, since we had our glitch show last week, Bob Baffert's positive from the Green Spirit was affirmed, which the odds were remote that it wasn't going to be. And they're going to have a hearing, and the hearing is going to find him guilty, and the horse will be disqualified, and it'll be sent up to the commission, which will rubber stamp it. And then Baffert will go to court or get an injunction or something and will fight it. And, uh, <clears throat> Just like the Linda Rice uh, license revocation, which was officially um, today, right? And the down today is it was ten days ago or so that they came out with the administrative judge's uh, uh, suggestion that the board upheld. And of course, you know it's a legal process, so it takes time to get everything, all the uh, eyes dotted and t's crossed, and. She's been winning races in the meantime. Uh, her attorney said that they will definitely be following an injunction. I'm sure they'll get it. So that saga will go on probably for another couple years. And it's said, it's said that um, I'm not trying to make her out to be a villain here. Uh, she did something that wasn't really kosher and she should get some sort of penalty for sure. The, the problem is it hurts horse racing. It hurts horse racing far worse than whatever she did. It hurts horse racing to have this carried out for years and years and years and have her license revoked, yet she's still going to be running and winning races. Um, it's a flaw. It's a flaw. It's definitely something that is uh, very unbecoming for our business. But I don't know how to get around it. I don't know that it's possible. You know, it's funny. Uh, back when uh, that whole justify thing went down, I suggested, just merely kind of hinted at the, the fact that they should have suspended him and not let him run. Um, a, lot of, a lot of California people jumped on me and was like, oh, well, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't he have afforded due process? Well, I, I can't. And it's like it's that not. They shouldn't have let him run, and that they didn't even call a positive for that until after the derby was run. Way after. So, and and that's how it normally goes. The fact that the Kentucky Derby this year got the result back so quick, um, and it went public, which it you know, was not. It, what it didn't go public from the race commission. It went public from more or less from Baffert, though. Right from himself. There, there, there was. Uh, all kinds of rumors flying around the night before. So it, it wasn't as though... I mean, when Baffert had the press conference on the Sunday morning, everybody already knew what it was about. So, <laughs> you know, he, he, he kind of broke the news, but it was, it was news that was already, you know, it was already out there. Yeah, I knew when I was at Universal Studios, man. Well, they're, they're, they're usually hot on the uh, horse racing rumor trail over at the the universal palace um 
But yeah, most of the time, those things take a while. The fact that it was the Kentucky Derby card probably was the reason everything got tested as quickly as it did, because usually it, it takes longer. But I mean, it is a process. That's just the way it is. Well, that's the thing is is they were it's the same voicing, voicing I mean, the opinion that he, he should have been able to run while they sorted it out, which to me is like I understand that point, but I also can see it the other way where it's like, all right, well, you know, it's like somebody at a job where, you know, they get in trouble and they suspend them from work pending investigation. You know, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I can kind of see both sides of it. I, I agree. I do agree. And the thing that this was you know, so different than, than anything else is if it, this was some allowance horse and they said, well, you can't run, you know, people wouldn't. Nobody would know. Nobody would really care. But when it's the Kentucky Derby and it's the biggest thing in our sport and the fact that there's this series of races, you know, the Triple Crown, um, maybe in a legal manner, that shouldn't matter. But from a sporting aspect and and a a reputation aspect, and it, it was really hard to get past that. And I do believe that people should get the due process because the labs are not infallible. That is 100% the truth. They're not infallible. The regulators are not infallible. The Arkansas case that Baffert was involved with is perfect example of the laboratories and the regulatory agency failing to do their job. And the tests were positive. The horses probably had the medication in their system. They probably should have been disqualified. But the people who were in charge of proving that screwed it up. And we've all watched Law and Order. We all know. <laughs> you screw up this and the whole thing, everything beyond that is, is thrown. And that's the same thing. And these are government agencies. They have got to follow rules. And there was a, a guy who's been a, a racing reporter for 40 years. And, it, and he acted on Twitter the other day like he didn't know the rule. Like, like the Kentucky Racing Commission should just throw the book at the guy. Well, I said, yeah, the book is going to be probably 60 days. Well, it should be two years. Look at Linda Rice. And it's got nothing to do with it. Dutch has got nothing to do with it. It's got nothing to do with it. One has nothing to do with the other. Right. They're unique cases. They're different states. They're, they're, they're in front of different, uh, you know, they're different uh, violations. And I know in a lot of time. Uh, a lot of cases, the stewards and the commission's hands are tied by rules that are laws that say the maximum penalty or the minimum penalty is this or this. I don't mind that as long as they get it right. I mean, that's really, I guess, where there, we're there are people that probably right. should get penalized much harsher. But the way the rules read and the way the laws are in that state, they may only be able to give next amount of days. That's just the way it is. And you might say, you know, they, they, they might even say Listen, we wanted to give this guy a year or two years or five years or whatever. But the, the, the law only allows us to give us 90 days. So that's what we got to do. And I'm not convinced that Hissa is going to be any better 
it's going to be a little bit more streamlined. Um, but I think that because they're having to rush this thing to get it done, they're going to wind up adopting a lot of the processes. Well, what's the rush now? I don't understand. What has the... to be done by July, uh, December 1st. Right? Oh, this year? Yeah. Then it's got to go to the Federal Trade Commission by March 1st, and then it's got to be approved. And, and when these things are in these government bodies, it takes time. Can't get an extension on that? I don't know. Maybe you could, but I, I really have no idea. But that, those are the dates that, 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 that are on the thing. So, um, it's, it's, it's just complicated. And lawyers make it more complicated. You, you know what it reminds me of? Is you ever, you know, see like behind someone's TV and they have all the wires going and, you know, wrapped around each other in, you know, and they end yeah, up right, right. in the uh, in the surge protector or whatever. Yeah, that's what that reminds what me of. For. Yeah, that's what this reminds me of. Like all the rules and regulations. It's just it's just a whole cluster <laughs> behind the TV with plugs at the end. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Oh, listen, there's there's problems with all of our racing rules and, and, and from state to state. Like the rule that, um, which was which was unbeknownst to me, probably most people, in Kentucky, when you get a positive test, you can request, you have 72 hours to request a split sample. But then there's no time limit. On how long the sample on, on, takes. On, no, on, on how long you have to choose which lab you want it to go to because there's an approved list of labs that to send it to. They how say, long the list? And you pay. Well, no, I mean, you could just just wait for weeks if you wanted, like kind of like that happened here. They, they waited, I don't know, a couple of weeks. But I guess technically they could have waited for as long as they wanted to because there's no rule that says, all right, once you get the... Um, you, you decide you're going to make the choice. You have to make the choice within 24 hours or 48 hours or 72 hours. So, so after like the first person, you know, waited forever, they didn't deem that an issue. <laughs> well, it's like the scopolamine positive in California for the, the Baffert and a couple other guys had, had kind of thrown out was that they were supposed to fix that law. The state the racing commission in California, which is pretty, you know, we know we've blasted them plenty. But they never went around, they never got around to fixing the rule. And they got caught with this problem again. And the fact of the matter is that, I, I, in my opinion, and I have no basis other than just knowing hay and knowing drugs and knowing horses, that those are probably environmental contamination issues with the hay. The fact of the matter is, the commission had a chance to do something and they didn't. And because they didn't, they all got in trouble. I mean, this thing is still going on. It's still going on. It's still going on. <laughs> yeah, and what year was it that, that uh, Justify won? 2018. <laughs> oh, 18, 17? Yeah, they were supposed to fix this in like 2011. Right. <laughs> but you know what happens? They get tied up with a bunch of bullshit with the animal rights assholes and they get this and then they worry about that and they're worried about this and worried about that and they're worried about all this nonsense. And they never actually get down to the business of do, you know taking care of the business they should be taking care of. You know, you got to get everybody on board, get everybody ill, you know, free on the, the certain day. 
a lot of these boards are people who, who don't do this as a full time. It's why horsemen's boards are, are a lot of ways uh, are are directly as good as the guy running it because everybody else does this as a volunteer position. And that's, that's a, that's a problem. I mean, that's a huge issue. We, we run our business uh, with a lot of volunteer positions. Virtually all these alphabet soup groups, there, there's usually a person that's, that's paid as the executive director or, or the, the president of what, or what, or what else with them. But for the most part, they're people that, that have other jobs. So, yeah, nobody gives a shit about this stuff anyways. I don't know why we talk about it so much. Somebody does. Oh, by the way, there's a, a, a Twitter um, a Twitter up uproar about your account being suspended. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. I lost a follower, though. Maybe it's you being suspended. Probably. Freeberry. Swift, Swift has, has started the campaign. <laughs> Swifty, my man. Freeberry. <laughs> you should tell him. You should tell him why. The Elmo dancing video. The Elmo dancing video. And what was so bad about Elmo? <laughs> it wasn't Elmo. It was the song that was attached that he was dancing to. What's so wrong about that? Well, what they do, and I this this was from when I got suspended for like two months. What they do is Twitter is this is unique to Twitter is they allow uh, copyright people or companies. There's two of them to basically scan the whole platform for unauthorized use of music. Mm -hmm. They send it to this thing is called the DMCA. I, I forget what it's what the what it stands for but then they contact you and say hey you use this unauthorized song you know um we can take legal action if we want to and twitter automatically suspends your account just off their whatever they say and they furnish the url to the link to the um to the tweet, and then they turn it off, which they probably should do. If it's that big of a deal, <clears throat> just delete the tweet and tell the person, hey, we deleted this tweet because of this, this, and this, and keep it moving. So now what I have to do is send an email to Twitter saying, hey, this is fair use. I didn't violate anything. Send it to the people. And let them deal with it. And that's what happens. You send them an email. They'll send it to the company. They have 10 days to file suit. If they don't do anything in 10 days, they drop it. And I got six of those at once last time. That's why I was, that's why I was out for so long. <clears throat> this time it's only one. how the internet works man or at least twitter 
We're now, we now joined from Twitter by Swifty. Oh, What's up? I'm, watching this, I'm watching this Suns game. What's up? What happened? What happened to Barry? <laughs> we got a free Barry, man. Barry, Barry got. What are you? I didn't do you anything. A lot of racist or something. <laughs> no, I. You know what? I would have been. I would have been okay with that. This is. This is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> what happened? I was. Sus- <laughs> I was suspended for a video of Elmo dancing to uh, Little Flip's Game Over. Really? Why? Copyright? From November. From November. Oh, my God. So someone had to report your ass. (laughs) I'll tell you, man. Hold on. This was from November? (laughs) There's so many snitches, man, out there, man. I I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Did you see what's going on with uh, Kelly from Vegas? And, like, she basically had to, like, come off ESPN, like, you know, because uh, she said some. No, she. I mean, you're not supposed to say what she said, but I mean, like <laughs> these people look like for old they're tweets and stuff and all this stuff, man. I mean, it's crazy like world we live in. Right? Yeah, weren't they, weren't they harassing her and like, yeah, her it, a bunch of stuff and then yeah. yeah. I mean, that listen, the the shit that she deals with, man. Because I actually know Kelly and like, like she's like she does the work. Like she's not like a, just a pretty face, like. She she she's been grinding forever, and like for, for them just to throw her to the curb like that, man, it's just the world we live in. It's it's crazy. And listen, Twitter you're not mob. supposed to say the Twitter mob is no joke. Oh yeah, you're not supposed to say what you said, whatever stuff like that. I need my boy Joe. Who do you like in this series, Suns and uh, Nuggets here, man? This is gonna be a good series, no? I I, I like the Suns to win. I like the Suns. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're just younger. I mean. I guess. I don't know. It's going to be I mean, a good the, series, I think. The Joker's the X Factor, of course. But yeah, the yeah. Suns, See, I uh, think the Suns are deeper. I, I kind of agree. Yeah. I don't I mean, think I, that the Nuggets have the de- the defense at guard to handle CP3 and... Uh, yeah. Um, Eaton and, C- and, you know, Booker. Booker, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's going to be a real problem. Yeah. But uh, like uh, you said, Joker could do work, man. There he is, the big man. And what else do- is new, guys? The Joker. The Joker is the least likely looking NBA superstar. I know. It's just crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, he looks like, like that... a garbage. He looks like a six foot nine garbage man. Did you ever see that picture of him when like he has had his kid? Like he has yes. man boobs. <laughs> 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 it's crazy. You know who I used to like back in the day too, uh playing NBA? Do you remember Arvita Sabonis man from oh, the Trans? Oh man. Uh, he was such a good passer. Him and uh him and uh Stoudemire, man, they were fun to watch. He's a good sire too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. His son's good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's up. Said, Where are we going for my wagyu? When are you coming? When are you coming up to New York for my wagyu here? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. I got the. I got. I got. I got the. You know they That's gave right. Tibbs the freaking coach of the year today. Oh really? Good that did Tibbs. <laughs> yeah, it's the. They still need some pieces. I mean, but hey, at least you know yeah, they, the Hawks are bowling, man. They got beat by good, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. They can Thanks. score. They can they score. Can, man. Listen, 76ers are in trouble, man. We'll get blown out by the Nets, but whatever. At least we get to the, you know, we get to the easy Eastern Conference Finals with a young team. We're, we're still a piece away, but I mean, I don't know at least about we're that. building. You got all the pieces. Yeah, I don't think we could deal you with the Nets. You got to defend better. That's the only thing. They have to defend when it counts. The Nets That's are juggernaut right now. 
And I just want to see. I'm reaching out to people. And people ask me what happened to Barry. I said, I don't know. <laughs> well, now you know. It was Elmo. I thought some Trump supporter said something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <clears throat> so how's everything else? <clears throat> In there, just trying to stay cool, man. The AC. I hear you. Dicking. I hear you. Uh, what you guys think of Belmont, man? That was fun. Best horse won. I agree, man. He is the best horse there. I mean, I agree. Best, the, the best horse won. The best, the second best horse ran second, and yeah, third, ran third. All right. Yeah. And the Japanese horse is still running. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I have no clue what what that guy's doing. What they doing with that horse? Who knows? Um, Who knows? These they try. I have to give him credit for at least attempting. Yeah, yeah. What else yeah. did you think about it? All the races and stuff. It's so funny how the Euros come to the States and just kick our ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm still stung by uh, Order of Australia and the Breeders' Cup. That's still feeling. Oh, uh, I don't I mean, think that would go away. I can't believe I left them off the ticket because I forgot I didn't turn the stupid fucking program page to the next <laughs> I know. I'm, I'll never I, forget that, too, because I'm I with... Said, uh, I said the go ahead, tell you something. I, I boxed the Euros. He goes, you got them all? I said, I got them all. And then that stupid horse Except won. for that one. Oh, I had shit. five of them. I didn't, forgot about him. He was on the other page. Was like oh, yep. 15. Yep. I, I think I, I turned to Billy Koch. Like, we were at the British Cup, and I turned to Billy Koch for a reservoir. And he's fucking screaming at me. I got all. I got all. And I'm like, oh. I'm looking at my ticket. I have, like, 18 horses. And not that one. <laughs> Except for the pick four, pick five. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was so deep in that <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Yep, they kick you know, our that ass. Guy, that, the guy that rode the horse, he's in all kinds of trouble. Uh, oh, really? Um, Pierre? Was it Pierre? Oh, that's the guy who was yeah. the rapist? Yeah. That guy rapist? Yeah, oh, oh, I didn't know that was him. Yeah, Fuck. they said it was the second time he's had this issue, too. So, Shit. Lord. Where's yeah. Tawana been? Where, where's that horse running? That horse was a freak. I don't think they? she's run yet this year. No, no right? Yeah. I don't think she's yeah. run. Yeah. yeah. And but Golden Pal. We haven't seen Golden Pal since the British Cup, right? No. Ran too yeah. fast. Yeah, Golden Pal's Golden Pal's probably the fastest horse I ever seen. Like I mean for the first like you know half, I mean like like legit that horse flies. But that's about it for him. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> what was that? It's him, right? Flat tire. Oh yeah. That's what I heard. I heard he got one or two more starts on him. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's a, that's another thing about how these horses are just so fragile now. I remember, like, when I used to go with my father to watch, like, Cigar. Cigar was running once every month. Like, clockwork, grade ones, once every month. Now we'd be lucky to see horses once every three. True. No, I, they said that about... He lost. Um, I was at Philly. Saratoga when he lost the Pacific Classic. Wow. Wow. There I'll never go. forget that day. I, I thought it was, like, a superhero. My childhood superhero just didn't show up. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a true story about that race. Good. Mott, didn't want, Mott didn't want to go. Really? That's he interesting. He didn't want to send the horse. Alan Paulson made him send the horse and went out there and he got beat. Mm. That's a true story. Jeez. But, uh, no, that, that was one. Uh, like Latrushka, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went this race. It's the first week of June. And the yep. guy's like, oh, we shall have a light schedule now to the Breeders' Cup. The Breeders' Cup's <laughs> in freaking November. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> that's that's wild. just galloped. Yep. 
And like she did it easy too. There was no other speed in the race, but still, she, she was a good horse, man. And what's her name? I was, I was, I, I was in, Jose Ortiz being on her shoe could have rode that one. <laughs> yeah, right. You're right. And I, I was, uh, we were by the paddock area, and they asked Flo, and they they were like, no, the seven. Who was the seven horse? The other Cox was probably better than she. Is the devil. Bonnie so, South, yeah. Yeah, Bonnie South. That's it, man. So how was how was Belmont Day? How was it was uh, it was you know it was pretty cool, man. You know, like that that's not my scene. You know, you guys know me. Like that's not my scene. Like getting dressed up and like you know like rubbing elbows with some of the you know the elite people. I'm not like that. I mean, I'm I'm cool with them, like whatever. But I'm I like like sit down, read a program. You know, I'm getting pulled in different directions there, you know, talking to people. That's not me. That's not, not my style. I like to, you know, gamble and stuff. I like to, you know, read a program. I like, you know, Saratoga. I'm by, I'm in the grandstand at Saratoga. I'm by the picnic tables outside, you know. I'm, I'm trying to do, you know, what's best. But that, that's that's not But it was good. It was, listen, people having fun. We were, you know, that was cool with the, you know, the, the Hot Rod Charlie people, you know, screaming. I met a couple of their owners with Billy Koch. They were there, and they, they were good guys, man. They were like, yo, Swifty, and then... uh Those Jack, young kids, right? Those young kids? Yeah, the young kids were, like, like going loud, and then the older guys were <laughs> upstairs in the, like, in the... In the uh, in the hall that we were at upstairs, I and mean, I met them front and a couple of good guys, man. They, they were good, man. Like, a couple of them was New Yorkers. One was, like, California... I forgot his name too. I'm bad with names, like Kraus or something, or something Kraus yeah. or something. We'll go with that. Yeah, I'm so bad with names, but it's like uh, then uh, it was good. It was like you know the crowd, the crowd wasn't that bad. You know, people were enjoying having a good time, and you know, but I don't know. I didn't think the races were that like spectacular. You know what I mean? But it was fun overall. It was like it was just good to be at Belmont, man, because I miss that place. You know, miss it. So that spent, was cool. spent a lot, of, a lot of days at Belmont Park. Yeah, man, man, a lot of days. <laughs> Such a great track, too, man. In the fall, though, now, what I about the uh, what about the stadium? Is it, it back? Oh yeah, it's getting built up, now. man. Oh, listen, the, the traffic probably... there was a goddamn mess, a mess. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, it took us like no joke, like, and I'm like, oh god, man. So I, who I, knows I, what, if they ever had a play? The parking layout was crazy. It was like. It was like fifty bucks to park in the in the infield. Yeah. Of the train, right? Yep, and then and Peter was, like was no outside with their videos. Right where the, the stadium like took up all that parking. Yep, they took out all the parking, and then it, it was just a mess. It was a legit mess to get there. But I mean, sooner or later they'll clear out. And but who knows if they have a play? You know, a playoff game during the Belmont. Who knows? Oh, boy. oh yeah. I mean, they would have to like schedule two different time zones, but. But it was cool. Just Belmont is, you know, it's one of my favorite tracks. So, I mean, it was fun. We had a good time. I got crushed. I basically, you know, I, I got I got off. I, I got off uh, Silver Slate or whatever, Silver State, because the way the track was playing. So I said, you know what, Cox. And then Cox wasn't firing. And then I said, okay, Cox is not firing. <laughs> so then it sucks when you're like, you think you know too much. And like, that's what starts happening. Because not a Cox's host was firing, so I started thinking, okay, maybe you know, maybe he's not this kid. And then, of course, essential essential quality is like the the ultimate grinder. <laughs> he's gonna grind you down to like nubs. Yeah, the paddle. He does the paddle. Paddle yeah. horse. He, if he stops, he's he, he probably is done. But he he gets out in front, and you know, usually gets a good trip every time because nobody's ever. Yep. 
or is not he the best tappet? Is he going to go down as the best tappet? Do you think like Otonal is frosted, untappable? I mean, he's going to go down, right? Probably, he's got to be up there. He yeah. keeps winning. Yeah, and and honestly, out there, who who's really better than him? No, not in the three year old division. That's for sure. Right. Hey, we're going to see Medina Spirit win the Haskell. That's going to be fun. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. And you, that shithead shoe's going to be there cheering and clapping for him <laughs> with no with no whip, like a clown. You think, you think you can get him in the winner's circle if he wins? Oh, he oh he would like listen, like you know he's like the biggest contrarian. Like like I mean like there's like subjects like dish. He, he he'll just go the opposite. Like ninety five percent of people are saying this whip rule is stupid, so he has to disagree. Like you know just to be a contrarian, so. Actually, he also me, thinks hit bombs a great sire and all this stuff. I mean, like he just yeah, likes to... talking about that because there were some people online that just <laughs> refused to acknowledge that that whip rule is dumb. It is oh, so yeah. stupid. It was hell bent trying to say, it. "Oh, it I, doesn't matter." I told uh, I told Lecky I was claiming his horse. <laughs> I, I heard that. Yeah, they get so mad, man. man. Before <laughs> listen, <laughs> I, these guys they just don't let up. It's like, like at least respond to what i actually said yeah you know and then he has to like oh well, you tell you're a know-it-all i said no jerk yeah i said all i'm saying is that i believe the jockeys when they tell me mm-hmm. the, their issues with it i'm not a jockey no but i believe john velasquez i believe Chris the Carlo, yeah, joe bravo joe bravo i believe man. them I, yeah. I, I you know why would i why are they lying yeah what well, exactly joe, joe bravo is like Joe, he doesn't want controversy. Like Joe Bravo's like, exactly. He's like the evenest keel guy you probably ever meet. Just like Joe Bravo just, wants to ride a couple of days and go fishing. Yeah, a couple of days. yeah that's it. No, that's that's what he wants that's to do. It, that's what he does. And it's like he this complicates their life. A hundred percent, man. It's it's like, yeah, I mean, it's know, it's I, silly. I, it's the least of. I just don't understand. I said, like, you can ha- you can have whatever opinion you want. If you want to watch races without whips, that's fine. It's your opinion. But don't yeah. tell me that John Velasquez is wrong. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's his opinion. It's yeah, that's his, it. It's his that's... opinion, you know. Like, and 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 he does it for a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, like... he's, he's he's only won four hundred million dollars. I know. Courses. I'm not going into a brain surgeon's room and saying, "Listen, you're using the wrong scalpel." <laughs> this is the wrong tool, guy. Yeah, Chris DiCarlo, I had him on the show last. September, we were talking yeah. about this. Yeah, last September, and he he said, "I don't understand how you're supposed to ride without a whip because there's lots yeah. of occasions where you're not beating the horse, but you know where yeah. you're tapping him on the shoulder, where you're reminding them, where you're trying to give him a little. Yeah, that's it. You're still Listen. there, um, coming out of the gate, going through a hole, coming up the inside, like just just a reminder, like, hey, keep your mind on business. Don't wait on horses. Yeah, basic, basic, basic things." And this was way before this became a big controversy because back then everybody was talking about the Derby and, and uh, you know, COVID and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the fact of the matter is everything that he said is is still valid. It's not um, it's not invalidated because uh, Shu and Lecky decided that they wanted yeah. to go on the side. Oh, because they, they defend Mamet to no end. Like they, they would like... Like, my, my, like they don't care. like Mamet is could do no wrong in their eyes. I mean, listen, it's not Mamet's fault too. But listen, I, I, I mean, there's no management at Mamet because, like, if like the the racing board said, listen, we're not having whips, and then Trazen, this is foolish. I'll close yeah. this shit down right now. Yeah, 
Like, listen, uh, we'll, we'll protest and we'll, we're, we stand with our jockeys. Like, there should have been some uniformity with management and jockeys, like, in my opinion. But I guess that was. Yeah, that, that was one of the things I really didn't like was uh, the week before the meet opens and all and management starts coming out. And yeah, threatening jockeys. Yeah, that's 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 stupid. You know, like, like you're supposed to be a team, a little, you know. And if you're going to do that, do it in private. Like, don't 100 people. Don't be going on on on. Yeah, make threats like that. <laughs> you know, like it, it just yeah. makes us all look bad. Yeah, yeah. So, which I mean, listen, this business we're good at making ourselves look bad. But uh, now, listen, Swift. What's Barry up? Barry and I got a new thing we're trying out. Right yeah, there. go ahead. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're gonna try some. Uh, we got a YouTube channel, and, and uh, nice. Barry's gonna give out some uh, some wagering insights. Uh, awesome, man! So it'll yeah, be I'll support you guys. You know, I support you guys. Uh, Whatever you need, Boy I'll support. Circles presents uh, wagering wisdom insight awesome. from Mr. Barry Spears, and uh, check it out when you when we do put them up. We'll, we'll give you the. the we'll do, man. I'll say. You know, I support you guys. Uh, that's good, yeah, man. That, that's that, actually uh, good, man. <laughs> I actually, I, I'm at, like, we haven't done it. I mean, any videos with like degeneration, but like stuff like that. But that's how you're supposed to do it, man. Do it. I, you know, I'll support that. I'll even yeah, come on one day or whatever. Well, the plan is we're gonna have them short and sweet. You know, that's nothing. it. That's what you got to do. Just little segments here and there. Um, yeah, no TikTok videos though. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Just straight, just straight wager. Yeah, straight education, man. Because there's people like them, and they like. I'm sure you get them PMs too, man. People just there's oh, like yeah, really clueless people out there like that, that have no clue. Like, like they don't even know like what pick threes are. Like they, they asked me. I had one guy like him at my PMs. Like I don't. He was asking me like what a daily double is, and I'm, like this guy's firing two hundred dollars daily doubles. Doesn't even know what they are, <laughs> man. I, I had a guy ask me one time. He said, "If speed's good on dirt, does that mean it's good on the turf too?" <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Whatever. I, I wasn't quite sure, like, if he was messing yeah. with me or not, right? <laughs> but um, he was actually serious. So, no, nah, it doesn't work exactly like that. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like, I mean, listen, we we're all life as it seems like here. Yeah, like, we we've been there. We we know. Listen, we also don't mind helping people. I mean, we're not gonna not- like. I don't mind helping her. I try and help everybody. Like, you know, whatever. If they have a question to ask, man. This stuff I don't know either, too. I mean, there, someone was asking me uh, the other day something about on, on the racing form, and my buddy Rob had a, uh, send it to me that it was like something about uh, if a horse was uh, not uh, uh, in the optional claim and stuff, it was something that had to do with that getting claimed or something. Uh, oh, the, wa- the waiver claim? The waiver. Yeah. The, yeah. the W. Yeah. Yeah, the W. Yeah. Yeah, if you've been off six months, some. some yeah, so like I was like, with... that was a good question. Someone asked me, so I, my buddy Rob is really pretty good with that stuff. So, so I mean, like, yeah. no, this, this is what we want to do is is uh is just a million topics, and like Barry said, we want to make them short, uh, to the point, and you know, it's a rite of passage in this business that you. Pass I agree, down I agree man. To the next people, I mean that that's how it's always been done, and. Oh yeah, yeah. Hand down, man. Like, listen, I hundred percent agree. I'm I'm good with that. Listen, I mean, if you think yeah. about it, every every bit of of handicapping slash betting knowledge that anyone in this sport gains is probably from somebody else. 100%, I mean, yeah. I don't know anybody that hasn't learned anything from anybody else. Yeah, man. I've but taken anyway. Hey, like I, I've taken stuff from my buddy uh, Chris Todd. Like like uh, Chris like used to show me stuff about workout patterns with uh like. Like this, like uh, a handicapping tip right here. That uh, if a, like a good horse, like you say, you a good horse is working. 
with another horse, like say like a, a maiden horse, and this maiden when is working out with a stakes winner, and you can match up who was working on the same days. You see if the horse was working on, and they matching up, and then you know the trainer must think highly of this horse if you know he has a maiden working with a stakes winner, you know. So yeah, he must well, one of the things actually funny enough with first time, first time starters is the longest, fastest gate work closest to the race is <laughs> a sign of intent and ability. Yeah, that's interesting, man. See? See? I longest, used to always like the gate I, work closest to the race. I used to always like this angle to bullet three back. Then they uh, slow down work. Slow like, down. I love, yep. Yeah, no, that's the they Rudy slow rod. Slow down on purpose because they know. <laughs> that's the Rudy Rod. Rudy Rod does that a yep. lot. Mm-hmm. So man, it's it's good, man. That's good. I, I like that, man. Because there's people that still don't know how to read a race form. I'm like, but but there's so much data out there now. It's sheets, thoroughs, thorough managers. I mean, there's so much data out there. I just like uh, um, the girl from Mammoth was uh, recently asking me some questions. How I you know handicapped the new girl from Mammoth? She's a friend of my uh, friend that I know. Uh, she's actually the niece of a friend of mine. So. I was trying to help her out. You know, I was like, what do I look for when I handicap a race or something? I look for the first thing I do. I like people say they look at conditions. I, I always look for where the pace sets up, like who's going to the lead, who's pressing the lead and how is this going to set up this race? That's my first angle. I always look at, you know, when you I, know what? I do the same exact thing. And I All think, right, cool. you know where we got that from? Well, I think we got that from the trotters. You think yeah, so? That's, that's, that's what you do in, in a, in a trotter. Yeah. First man, thing you do is yeah. Who's the speed? Who's leaving? Who's not leaving? Well, my yeah. thing is the the speed. Four three. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Yeah, CP three. I got. It. I got. I think little, it's uh, speed, pace, class, and current form in that order. Okay. Speed, class. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, speed, I look at pace, class. Speed, pace, class. Yep. And current form. Yeah, I never forget this day. Like my dad handicapping angle with like just setting up the pace was at Woodbine uh, was. There was three speeds in a race, and there was a rail horse. And I think it was like Norman McKnight was like eight to one, and they floated up to 12 to one. I said, you know what? I'm going to go all in already because there's so much pace in this race. There was so much, you know, speed in this race that it was going to set up for a, a horse that's going to come from the behind. And the one on the rail was like 10 to one, nine to one. I went hammered, basically. I started off the day with like 200 to win on him, and then just all pick threes, one all, all. And I just made like, 18 to like $1,900. I said, well, that was my good start to the day right there. That's a hell of a start. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's rare to start like that, too, because, you know, like, I mean, it's rare. It's usually downhill. Okay, I'll keep downhill, downhill. All right, I need a bailout. <laughs> I need something here. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's always nice to start off with winners. But, yeah, handicapping angles, video people – People don't even know where they could get video replays. I'm like, listen, most ADWs are offering them now. Some, you know, some sites, you know, it's good to watch replays. Like people really have to watch replays because sometimes those comments are just not there. Or like, I mean, like some of the DRF people are just lazy. I mean, they just write a comment, whatever. It just, it is what it is. They're just doing their job. You know, one of yeah. the lost arts in this sport is is how to watch a race. It's not taught. Yep, that's and there, point there is there, watch races. A hundred percent there, man. People just like people just look at a race and they, they don't see what happened in a race. They don't like 
like when I when I watch like if I'm looking at a race, I put up my like PP there, and I want to see what happened. Like, and then if I'm spotting on a horse that I'm interested in playing, I spot in on him, and then starts following the the trip he had. And then I also look at the winner, and then I start trying to judge what happened in that race. Like, why was like there was a horse? I think it was two weeks ago. That was like a, a heavy chalk, and I, I I'm looking at this PPs, and I'm like, he he was sitting second, third. He's sitting a beautiful trip, and he didn't have nothing, and like he was like second, second, third, third, and empty, and he was coming back as a seven to five favorite again. I'm like, what's going on? This this race, like, so I went and watched the replay, and I'm like, this horse was totally empty. I'm playing against, and then that was it. I played against him, and. He ran off the board. I was, I was like, I made myself like, hey, I could still, I still got stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah, you know that's another thing that I think is an underrated skill is being able to eliminate horses rather than keep, uh, you know, especially for for people that play like pick sixes, pick five, pick fours, pick threes. It's a skill to eliminate horses and especially eliminate favorites. Yes, especially chalk. Yep, like a hundred percent there, man. Like if you could eliminate a chalk, like. You know, like I that's why like people get mad at me lately because of my fixed odds <laughs> fixation. Like I love fixed odds. Like okay, uh, I was recently interested in getting a horse, uh Clemen horse or for uh, Rapoli, a Rapoli and Maker. So he was down at Coldstream, so ready for this. So I, I reached out to uh Rapoli's people and I know a couple of Rapoli people and uh I was like, Listen, I wanna private purchase this horse. This this horse she was a Philly, she had good pedigree, she was like from the breeder who uh she was just a breeder who did justify her name was cash refund i'm like well, she has some good you know it wasn't that much it was like thirty thousand, whatever it was you know, whatever so i'm looking at the re um i reach out to them i'm like what's why did why is make get rid of the sauce rapoli just wants to get rid of some horses so i reached out and rapoli's saying now nah, you probably don't want the sauce and whatever it just like wasn't that good like and he gave me the heads up because like I didn't want to spend the 90 days in Gulfstream. Like, you know, you claim a horse, you don't want to keep that horse down there, you know, especially right. with all the incentives that people are going everywhere all, uh, out in California. So you try and find us, uh, you, you maybe private purchase a horse. But, and then guess what? The horse was seven to five cash refund, the horse's name. And I said, okay, you know, I now I know some information. I, I said, I'm going to play not to first or second up in Canada. See, I would love stuff like that here. Like, if you're against a favorite, you have to find ways to get creative to beat that favorite. But in Canada, or fixed odds, they have simple things. Oh, not not finished first or second plus 175. Boom. Hammer it. Make some money. You know? Yeah, the only thing I have reservations with, with the, the fixed odds is that it kind of cuts out the tracks. Oh, yeah. The horsemen are going to have to find a way. I agree. Yeah. We're going to have to find a way because the horsemen are going to have to get theirs. And 100% there, man. But the horsemen are definitely going to find a way to get that piece of that puzzle. But who knows? Yeah, they have huge problems overseas with that. Yep. Oops. I mean, like, it's just basically like a casino. It's like just like a bookie then. Casino yep. just basically doing it. So it sucks, yeah. The tracks and. Oh, yeah. It's a but mess. But let's get to find a way. Oh, we yeah, got to find one, a way to make everyone. One of the problems we might find out with fixed odds is the racetracks are the ones doing the booking. Yeah. So that's what it's doing is booking. If you're, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. Which, gonna cut which, you which, off. If you win. Which, I mean, like, in today's day and era, like, today's day, like, why not, like, why not have, uh, a, like, nerds with algorithms 
start like doing stuff like that. I mean, like you, they could book. I mean, like, I mean, the tracks can make money booking. Yeah, they they yeah. just the the tracks are risk averse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're That's the issue. And big casinos are too. I mean, listen, the the, the big sports oh, yeah. folks, guys are good. They cut them off. They yeah, that happened to yeah. one of my father's so, friends. He was you're, not, you're, you're literally not supposed to win. And they they kicked him out. They kicked him yeah. out of Caesars because yeah. he was winning too much. Oh yeah, William Hill is bad too, man. Yep. I used to train for a couple guys who were bookmakers in the hmm. uh, Northeast, and when this thing first started happening and sports betting was starting to spread, I said point blank to him, "I said, is this going to like kill you guys?" And they were like, "We don't really know. You know, we don't really know. We're going to wait it out, see how it goes." And they were down this winter, and, and I was over having lunch with them at the track, and, and I said, well, "So, you know, what, what what are the big books doing to your business?" He's like, "Are you kidding me? Our business is better than it ever's been." He goes, "All the guys, he goes, we got that are that are perennial losers. They'll win once in a while, and as soon as they wanted the big books, they threw them out. <laughs> they banned the yeah. guys. They all came back to us." But, he goes, "Not that's only what happened back to... to us. They brought yeah, other ha- guys who had got banned." To us to play, and he goes, "We're doing better than we ever did." Crazy, crazy. Of course, they you know they can extend credit as well. Nuts. Yeah, buddy of mine was doing fixed odds in uh, what's the name? Uh, fixed odds over in uh, Australia or something. They cut his ass off by the way <laughs> once he started winning. But he was also getting stuff from me too. <laughs> It was good, you know. It's like, listen, everybody knows I'm a fucking degenerate. I, I gamble on anything. Listen, yeah, if I had control, I think I would be really good. But you know, I was kind of proud of myself because I was with uh, Jay Ho, Justin TVG, and we were talking about fixed odds with a bunch of group of people. And he was like, "Listen, Swift me would fucking destroy fixed odds because I get a lot of good information most of the time, and I'm always on my phone, and I could always see where the information is flowing." Where I would probably kill them any time, and they would probably cut me off. Cut you off, yeah. Locked yes. in. <laughs> and then like, I, now, I, like I'm friends with Tony too. Tony is another genius, but he, he, like this guy just uses computer models. I mean, he doesn't even look at a program. So me and him could probably have a field day. <laughs> like you know who I knew who was gonna, like I had a heavy bet on uh, the Chad Brown pocket square. Like I knew he was gonna get pounded, and he didn't run a lick. So. Yeah, I didn't understand why they're betting that horse. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, you know, it was like, but I, a I lot of Chad, steam for no reason. And I think just, Chad gave that out to a lot of people when it got around a lot of shops. So <laughs> Chad's a good dude. It, it was funny. I was walking up to the Belmont with, uh, we were walking up to the, uh, seating just to watch the race. We wanted to watch the race. And he yells out, Swifty, come here, come here. So we just started talking to Chad and we're like, he was talking to my buddy Chris Dunn, who has horses, and we were just, you know, he was just like just bullshitting around, you know, stuff like that. You know, I've taken some shots at Chad, and he flies them back at me. It's all fun, but it's just crazy, like how like I'm just a gambler and like I'm rubbing elbows with Chad Brown. It's kind of weird, but it's you know it's kind of going away. But you know, it was just funny how he like reached out to me and stuff like that. It was just like we just started laughing about some of the comments like I made it, and but it's cool. That's the beauty of the game, you know. Yeah, man, really, seriously. You know, you're close to the bottom and close to the top all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, you know me. I'm in Pompano on a on a random day with a hardest check, trying to find out, you know, pick fives and stuff. Like, you know, that that's what we need. Like, I'm gonna stay true to who I am. I'm just gonna be always gambling and stuff. So, 
But it was good. It was a good time. Oh, we had fun. That, that, I think that's the signal, the bad signal. <laughs> <laughs> the bad signal. <laughs> I'm watch, the half timelines are up, Swifty. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching Joe Kick. Uh, I need a Joe Kick trip with double. I'm trying to find his stats right now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is a good game, man. This is going back and forth here. Well, uh, what are you guys doing? Three minutes to go in the first half, man. Yeah. Well, what's uh, Joe Kick's stats? I, you guys are both. Uh, ten, uh, you're, you're in trouble here. 10 4 and 0. 10 no, 4 and 2? No, 0 nice. assists. 12 5 and Shit. 0 now. All right. He's going to hit it for everything else. But I don't know about assists. He doesn't have any. That's and the rebounds are going to get there, right? Yeah. Well, he's got five already. Yeah, yeah he'll get another five easy. Wow, no assist? What the? F- no assists. Oh, he's the only guy in the team that doesn't have an assist. That's crazy. Even Millsap's got an assist. The ball must have slipped out of his hand. And else. <laughs> he I have Millsap. And X-Hawk <laughs> right there, too, man. <laughs> he's been around, too, man. Millsap, man. He's a good Millsap. ball player, Millsap. You know, son's a man. It's crazy, man. Eaton. I mean, they got young talent, man. It's a good. It's a good matchup, and, and Phoenix is a good team. Yeah, man, it's crazy. A good team, fun to watch. Just, We're gonna have a Phoenix Utah final, Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> That's that'll be kind of crazy, and an Atlanta Brooklyn. <laughs> I'd like to see. I'd like to see a Phoenix. Brooklyn final, that would be sick. But I, I think a lot of beat <laughs> Yeah, no one's beating Brooklyn this year. I don't think. I mean, they're they What are what are the Bucks gonna do? The Bucks are gonna get steamrolled no, by Brooklyn. No, nobody's afraid of Giannis. That's the problem. That's a hundred percent, man. They just Bucks. let him shoot. Yeah. I mean, what could it? What, so what's gonna happen? Giannis is gonna say, "Yeah, oh, listen, I demand the trade." He's gonna leave. Yeah. Yeah. Where could he go? Like, what team could oh, he go to? No, he's not. Portland? Miami. He can't go anywhere. Oh, Miami would be nice. He's stuck there. He's got way too much money. Too much team. money. Yeah, too much. They'd have to I trade mean, like seven guys. Yeah, I heard they Dame Lillard. They wouldn't let him do it. He, he's stuck there. Lillard wants to go to Boston or something, too? Oh, no. I know that. I don't see that. I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, what's yeah. Boston going to do? Boston needs someone. If I was Portland, I would love to see Lillard you know, in New York. You, you, you put Lillard? Lillard in New York, man? Madison Square Garden. Uh, Bradley Beal, will, I would think, would end up somewhere like Boston. Yeah, that's not right. Beal's a good boy. If you put Lillard in New York, man, and Nick Garden, man, they would love him. Oh, boy. It would go bananas. Yeah, like like the Garden would like cherish him every single moment. Yeah, there's only one little problem with that. <laughs> Tibbs. Yeah, Tibbs. We ain't oh, got yeah, nobody Tibbs. to trade for him. 45, 45 minutes a game. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that the uh, the Kevin Knox, uh, yeah. Reggie Bullock, um, Alfred oh. Payton, and and seventeen draft picks isn't going to work for. Them. Yeah, you would probably have to give up Barrett. You have to give up Barrett and yeah. Randall and. Do they have the draft picks this year? No, and you four, Carmelo the draft same picks. way. Uh, Carmelo. Yeah, yeah they have to get. You have to get Carmelo back though. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, Michael Porter's good. Make. NBA trades are hard to make. Yeah, they are. It's hard to make trades for the best yeah. guys. Look at Blue Jenner holding him, man. Who is this guy? Who is that guy? Who just shot? Who is this guy? This Car- uh, Carrazzo guy or just a t- small Italian guy? 
Oh, the guy, the, the European guy. Euro yeah, yeah, the European. Well, he's a, he's a European guy. He's Argentina, but Argentina. He, he was like uh, <laughs> where, where did he come uh, from? Ginobili. Yeah, he looks like him. Look, there he is. He looks like Campizo. I never even heard of him until like this year, like this series. Like is, this is his first year. Yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, he was coming off the bench until um, Murray got hurt. Ah, Murray, okay, Cherry Jamal, yeah. And that's a yeah. big that's a big loss, man. Too. Come on, Joker, get some assists, man. <laughs> Austin Rivers. He's got an assist now, by the way. I know, yeah. yeah. He's up to one. one. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You, might, you know who's good, too? Porter. Michael Porter. That's a beast. Yeah, that was the guy the Knicks passed up. They got yeah. yeah, yeah, but he wasn't really <laughs> healthy, though. Yeah, they were worried about Porter, but you got to take a shot, man. Like that's if, like if, if Michael that. Porter played with the wheelchair team, yeah, I would like him better than <laughs> Pepper. Man. Listen, if I Michael agree with Porter you. Had his hand amputated. I would still like him better. Than <laughs> listen, I'm with you guys. Like, listen, I like in the Kevin NBA Porter better. Kevin in Porter the is NBA, 70 years yeah, old. Yeah, he's legit. Yeah, in the in the in the NBA, you got to take more risk with guys, huge upside guys. I think, in my opinion, if there's an injury, you know, an injury, you have to take some risk. In my opinion. I mean, it's not like the NFL and stuff. Like, it's like the NFL and these guys. Like, Julio Jones is like an injured. Like, Julio Jones is going to probably miss four games this year, probably for the Titans. So. <laughs> for the Titans, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm a diehard Falcons fan, and I didn't like the trade when we made them. You don't trade seven draft picks for a wide receiver, in my opinion. So, I don't know. Yeah. Out on that deal. What happened? Atlanta, Atlanta got the best of that deal, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Titans are going to be fun to watch, but uh... yeah, they got a salary off the books. They got a second. Yeah, the, but the Falcons should have rebuilt. After you know what? After the Falcons lost the Super Bowl, they should have rebuilt. Right, they rebuilt that year after. They lost yeah, they should have said, "Listen, Quinn, you're fired. Shanahan, you're fired. Matt Ryan, <laughs> you got to go." Like we just blew a twenty-eight-three to lead, and we knew there was no coming back from that, man. Seriously, they still, they still got psychologically them. never recovered. Yeah. Well, that was when I hear a quick story. So, my father passed that year, and my father brought me up to be a Falcons fan. That's how I basically became all Atlanta. He was stationed in uh, Fort Bend in Georgia too. So, he's he, he loved Steve Balkowski. You know, he he grew up there. You know. So anyway, I, I I grew up a Falcons fan because of him. Like he he's like we're we're gonna be Falcons fan. So I'm all Atlanta Hawks, Falcons, Braves. So anyway, my father passed that year. They went to the Super Bowl. So I'm I'm out of Vegas. I'm like, my father just passed. I'm like. Uh, you know, this is going to be the year the Falcons win a Super Bowl. So I start punking the fucking future bets. And I had so many of them. It's not even joking. I had them at all different types of the year, too. And I'm like, all my friends are like, we're going to go party in 28 to 3 at halftime. And then that happened. <laughs> oh, that's rough. I, I'll tell you, man. It, it was like a 12K, 12K swing. Like, I would have wound like 12. And I didn't hedge. I felt so confident because. We destroyed Green Bay. We we were rolling in that playoffs, man. We were, the offense was clicking. You know, the defense was starting to come around, and then that happened. I'm, every time I go for it, man, I still don't know how the Pats won that. <laughs> I've watched that game several times, and I still don't. Understand. Oh yeah, it was just on the other day. Dan just hit me up the other day saying the Falcons game. Listen, I mean, <laughs> I made probably about five big bets in my life, like large money, like type, and I'm all for five. And all life, like tr- even Trump this year. Listen, I didn't want Trump to win. I'm not a Trump. 
I'm not a Trump supporter. I, I think he's a fucking moron. Listen, Trump's a moron, whatever. I mean, I love how he trolls. Yeah, but I mean, it, you know, the value was you take emotions out of it. It's just like, exactly. oh, if you thought he was going to win. The value was with Trump. And then Trump goes to minus 9, 10 in the night. And then that happens. Like, I go from winning a Tesla to like, oh, shit, I, I fucking tell you, I'm eating. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then Trump. And then this year's Super Bowl with KC. I, I didn't see fucking Tom Brady beating KC. And yeah. then, and then, uh, I went, uh, then Tis the Lore happened last year. Get steamed by Authentic. I mean, like, I mean, like, it's like, and then this year, too. And then on the cherry on top of the concert tour. Yeah. Concert tour doesn't even run. And then looks like dog shit. And then Mandolin. <laughs> I mean, like, how much Bamla can I have? I know, man. It's like every time I go for it, I love Mandolin at 26 to 1. I mean, like, that was like the best. I mean, like, how couldn't you love that value there? I still don't know how he didn't go by either. <laughs> I guess we'll never know, huh? Yeah, no, no. So what do you think is going to go happen there? You think uh, they're going to uh, keep him at Santa Anita? Yeah, they'll let him roll. Yeah, probably. They have no backbone at Santa Anita. Uh, it was fun talking to you, fellas. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Swifty, you're the, you're the first ever guest on the Big Monday show. So. That's right. Awesome, man. When you guys put it up, let me know. You, uh, got, you got to make sure Barry, uh, people know Barry's. Of course, alive. the YouTube. I, you know, Give I him the Elmo. Something the Elmo got me. Barry has. El- people know now. He has I'll not been you. kidnapped. Well, thing somebody looked from like 10 years ago. They found <laughs> out <laughs> he copyrighted something. Haters. Haters. Hating oh, yeah. on me. Hey, yeah, man, <laughs> it's too much, man. This snitch, like the, I, I, even me lately, I'm like worried. Okay, should I type? Like I, I joke around with you, like like I called him an asshole, and like, his cousin an <laughs> asshole. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm gonna get suspended for that now. Who knows? Which one? Like, even though I'm joking with him, like they don't they don't know that. Like people report anything, and I oh, I, I, and I know who probably it is that that guy with that five thousand dollar claimer probably. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he he just uh, got to be a miserable son of a bitch and hates on everyone. <laughs> all right, fellas. All right, know, my man. I'll let people. I'll let him. I'll let the world know. You the man. <laughs> all right, peace. All right. I was the great Swifty, Swift hitter, guest of the century. He's now your. He's now your liaison to the Twitter world. That's right. <laughs> Barry is alive. I've spoke to him. I can't believe they suspended you for that. That was kind yeah. of well. Though all those things are stupid because, like, all the gifts are basically copyrighted too. So it's like counterintuitive to say, "Oh, well, the music isn't, but the pictures are." Cool. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Anyways, uh, hopefully, uh, not really going on. There, there isn't really much going on now. Kind of prepare for Saratoga and, and for Del Mar, right? I mean, next month. Yeah, but it seems so far away. It does seem far away. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Maybe it's just because of the COVID thing and we're just kind of waking up. But it seems like it's, you know, to July, the end of July is 
gonna be uh, crazy. Probably yeah. gonna head down there when my parents come. Yeah, the, you're you're gonna come south. Yeah, I don't know when I'm taking the Alvins. I'm leaving. I don't know when I'm going. Where I'm going, I don't know when I'm going, but I'm leaving. Oh, Spears is trying to get me to go to Saratoga. I know. I'm gonna make it Saratoga at some point. Yeah, we need to. We need going to, to be in New York on the 26th. My friend John Brennan, who died last year of COVID, uh, who was really kind of one of the first people I met in the horse racing business. I was a little degenerate at the harness track, like 14, 15 years old, <laughs> and he convinced me to come over and he's going to teach me how to clean stalls. That was uh, kind of my first. Yeah, it must have been it must have been a really good sell. Yeah. I was I was just the horse side, so well, that's cool. You know, a um, um, a service for him because he passed away last year, and of course, you know, with the COVID stuff, nothing could be done. So, uh, June twenty sixth in uh, in the, out in. Queens are having a big service. I was going to say, isn't it out in, uh, in the city? Yeah, so I'll be up there for that. I don't know when I'm, I don't know how long, or soon I'll, I'll go up before then. I don't know where I'll go after that, but on the 26th, midday, I will be at Mr. Brennan's uh, service. The Yonkers. So, so that's, it's kind of a sad thing, but um, yeah. It's 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 at least uh, his nephew kind of organized it. Michael is a good guy. And, um, I'm sure there'll be a a lot of harness racing dignitaries there that day. So, so uh, I don't know where else I go. I'll probably wind up in Chicago for a little bit. Again? Yeah, in Chicago, maybe, maybe Kentucky. Oh, maybe slide over there for a little. Doing the tour, but, yeah, yeah. Let's. Well, we got to get now. Press, We're free. press credentials. Yeah, that's what you need. That that requires going to California. That's okay. Yeah, I don't know if I want to go that plane that far. Come on, man. It's a long ways. Stop in Vegas. <laughs> Vegas is not far. <laughs> <laughs> and then head over. Go early. Stay two days in Vegas and then we'll go. Yeah. I like the Breeders' Cup on TV or whatever the hell it's going to be on. See, I'm not a big, not a big Breeders' Cup guy. I, I'm, I've, stuff, I've, ne- I've admittedly have never been. There's too much going on. But I think that if I was at Keeneland, I would have had Order of Australia. And my whole life would have changed and went to a different direction. Not necessarily for the better. It just would have been different. Yeah, probably. Because I probably would have been $10,000 richer. Literally. But I know that I'll be making a foray to... To New York, to Kentucky, to Chicago. Probably parts in between. I think I'm going to go to Ocala in a couple of days. What? On purpose? 
Don't get naked and start throwing wine bottles at the cops. At the Outback. (laughs) Yeah, I went to Outback, funny enough, on uh, Saturday. (laughs) You didn't cause all that, did you? No, that wasn't me. I was was in Daytona. (laughs) Yeah, there's a sale, the June sale. Might go on up there and see what's going on. My buddy, the Sarge, is up there. Sarge. Sarge is scouting out for... My racehorse is this is well. Good luck to you. I know one thing. That Philly, <laughs> at buying the Phillies and syndicating them out of the broodmare sale, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yep, I'm telling you, they struck lightning like three different times with the first one they get it's gonna be harder <laughs> it's gonna be harder yeah they they started off real when, high. when you when you the first one you do wins the haskell the derby and, and, and the breeders cup classic it's hard to yeah you can't it's gonna be hard to top that i mean you buy the 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 runaway philly of the year and you get one win out of her because it's hard. I mean, I am under no illusions. Monomoy girl is going to be back ever. I think that might be it for her. But maybe, maybe that's not the plan. Maybe that's not the. She case. got one more. I think she got one more. I don't know that she'll be see her again. One more. That's a very strange move to take a horse, a filly like her, run her twice, and then at this time of the year, give her, give her, send her to the farm. She got one more at Delmar. Well, they won't run her in Delmar, that's for sure. If she runs, it'll be in some church at race or something. British Cup. It'll be a keen one. But, um, yeah, that, that didn't work out so well because it gets stormy. She's not exactly tearing up this track either. But, you know, Phillies get to that certain age. She's six years old. Wants to be a mommy. Sometimes they've run a lot of hard races and they're just, you know, don't have it anymore. It just happens. Happened to really good mares been over the winning colors and, and, and Lady Secret. I mean, who was better than Lady Secret? <laughs> she was, talk about great race mares. She was at top of her game. She beat anybody, any of them, any of them. And she got to a point where she had enough too. So, Rachel Alexander didn't do much running as a four year old. Nope. I was her three year old year was a, for a filly is just unparalleled. But her four-year-old year was not very good. So it happens. It does happen. Uh, but, yeah, there's not a lot going on, like, schedule-wise for a while. Um, the X-Men, Xavier Perez, won a thousand. A thousand. Races. thousand races. Yeah. Did he celebrate? I didn't even see. Thousand. He's the, he's a celebrate guy. Um, Makes people mad, but I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> um. Mr. Lescano for our man Jason. Oh, four. A four-bagger on on Sunday. JB. That's the guy behind us, the Wagyu. The Wagyu. We got to get the Wagyu. Um. Something will, something will happen. 
Maybe maybe something good will happen. At the very least, we can start touting Portland Meadows. Not Portland Meadows. Oh, that hurts. Grants Pass. Bet Grants Pass. DP. The Beamy. Though the Meadowlands should be getting a little more interesting. Woodbine's back. Woodbine's oh, yeah. back now. Woodbine's Harness back. and yeah. And the, the flats next week or this weekend, right? Uh, yeah, this weekend. Yeah, the uh, the government officials finally stopped kidnapping their, their citizens and they're going to let them out. And, uh, they're going to run. They're going to be back, which is great. Great to hear because those uh, – those people did a really good job with racing. Did a great job last year, controlling sure the the issue, and they were just absolutely faced by. But just seems. Uh, I, mean, I don't want to get into it because they're coming out of it now. But uh, I mean, it put a, a severe crimp. I mean, this thing was to start months ago. So. So, but the the good thing is that. Uh, you know they're coming back, so uh, so we'll go from there. But uh, we uh, we had a, quite a show tonight. Yeah, we had everything. It was like a an action film. Yeah, first we we started with the news of your Twitter suspension. <laughs> Went through the Belmont card, complained about some stuff. That's Swifty. Playing about a little basketball, a little football. Yeah. Doing well, it all. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for your time, as usual. And uh, we have the Going in Circles live show tomorrow. And I uh, can't remember who I asked to be on it, but I think there's like four different people, so... Okay. We might uh, we might have to do some squeezing, squeezing of of, uh, of, of minutes. But um, I think we're going to talk to Helen Barbazon from uh, Pleasant Acre Farms to talk about the sale. And okay. Neolithic, who had his first winner uh, at Goldstream. The other nice. Day. Love that horse. See, this is the time of the year when you start to see these uh, these babies uh, from these stallions uh, that. First crops, you know. The, sometimes you forget, like, wow, I forgot that horse has been retired and got babies already, you know. But um, yeah, they had a winner the other day, so nice. Get that out of the way quick. Yeah, exactly. It's always nice to break the ice, get that first one out, and so it's not like a run happy situation. The run happy is, is getting runners now, as I predicted. That yeah, you did. As they got older, because that's how he was. That's how Dad was. Dad was not ready to run in June of his three-year-old year at all. But uh, they are starting to run, so. So, you know, sometimes I'm running. Um, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll monitor the situation. We'll see what happens. I think I might go to Ocala first day or two for the sale. And uh, we'll check back in later and uh, try to get you back on Twitter. Sounds like a plan. Until then, people can still reach out Facebook. But we are going to put out um, some videos and 
it's going to be, I'm going to ask Barry some questions and he's going to give some explanations. It's going to be about wagering. It's going to be about ticket structure. It's going to be about uh, different handicapping techniques, theories, uh, how you approach different, uh, different topics, um, different breeds. <laughs> Barry, Barry bets them all. I probably dabble, I dabble, any, I dabble. Any quarter horse topics? Even but, Australia, uh, every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do them backwards. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do them in an accent. I make today. <laughs> <laughs> Just so they understand. <laughs> That's like the only thing I know in Australia. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> Vegemite sandwich. Vegemite. Yeah, so those will be out. uh, I don't know, as soon as we get a couple of them done, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're going to be on the YouTube channel. We're going to put them on Facebook, on Twitter, and everywhere we can can try to get them uh, out there so people can check them out and uh, and, uh, maybe, you know, pick up a a pointer or two. Yeah. Even shoot us some emails. Yes, emails would be great. Going in circles podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have comments, if you have questions, if you want us to talk about something, if you have questions for Barry for the, uh, the videos about uh, a certain handicapping uh, principle or, or the way he approaches pick threes or pick fours or, or horizontal bets or, or uh, you know, anything really. So, we're an open book here. That's right. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks for Swifty for joining on for a little bit. So you can, you can spread the word that Barry is not actually. I'm, I'm still alive. Still alive. <laughs> In the digital world, I'm, I might be uh, a memory for right now, but I'll be back. You've been deleted from Twitter. <laughs> Just for a little while. All right, my man. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Talk to you guys later.